Hey folks, this is Brad Carter, actor over there in Hollyweird, and I want to say uh, I'm on Nowhere, California with Josh and Phil, and I want you to go to my website, www.bradcarterkickstarter.com, and take a look at the video, and please give and share, and I will love you forever. This is Josh. This is Phil. And this is Brad. Hi. And welcome to Nowhere, California. Um, this is one of our rare, uh, another special presentation at Nowhere, California. We're in Studio Cedar right now with uh, Brad Carter, talented actor, musician, artist. The list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. uh, we got introduced to Brad from a past interview we had with uh, Steve Palmer from the Quingoria show. Uh, you've known Steve for a while? Or? Steve, yeah, we used to work together at Universal Studios. Spider-Man show. Oh wow! And uh, we also uh, worked on Red Dead Redemption together. Yeah, actually, right. rode Steve. I rode Steve like a cow, and my character rode his character and was like, "Come on, Bessie, give." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which character did you play on uh, Red Dead? I on Red Dead I was uh, Deputy Jonah, a little skinny guy, and he he sounded like this, <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, Bessie, give." <laughs> Cool. Uh, Steve gave me an autographed copy of Red Dead, and I knew I should have brought it tonight. <laughs> I, I might have autographed it because that that guy has worked me for some autographs. Over you know, he probably years. did. <laughs> I've, I've done more autographs for stuff for him on Red Dead posters than anything. <laughs> okay, I'll have to double check it then. Um, what uh, gave you the initial idea to even step into that Kickstarter world? Like we, like recently in the news, you hear about the Veronica Mars movie. Right. You hear about Zach Braff doing his thing, and then uh -huh. of course you see Spike Lee doing his for some reason. Right. But, Even told the Wet Sprockets funding their they funding their next album. Off. <laughs> yeah. People that we've heard of are using it because they want total control over what they're doing with the money. Right. Yeah. And at first I was kind of like, well, Zach Braff, he's got money, blah, 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 you know, but the more I thought about it, and, and interestingly enough, it's interesting you bring that up because I'm part of a uh, documentary now yeah. called Kickstarted, ED, Kickstarted, yeah. and check it out when y'all get home. Oh, you're yeah, These guys funded their, they funded, this is a documentary about people that have used Kickstarter, so they've interviewed Zach Braff, they've interviewed James Franco, they've interviewed people... Uh, you know Amanda Palmer, who made the is the musician that made a million. She made one million one hundred thousand dollars for her record. Yeah, wow. she was asking for one hundred thousand dollars, which is sky high. But she got one million because she planned it out, and she, I mean, she ran the best campaign ever. Yeah, wow. And you know she toured also for ten years and had a fan base, but yeah. Her, her incentives were amazing. Like, you know, a decorated record player. Yeah. Like, different stuff. Like, you know, and her fans ate it up. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, she had like four, I think 4,000-something people just gave at the $1 level. Yeah. But that added up, didn't it? Yeah, oh, exactly. You know? Absolutely. And then $5, at the $5 level, like, it was like something so many thousands. Like, that adds up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I... I thought about doing Kickstarter because, oh, anyway, they're doing a documentary, and they they asked me would I like to be part of it, so um, I'm part of it now. Yeah. So actually, mm -hmm. they've already filmed with me, and actually one of the videos on on uh, my Kickstarter, I put an update. Yeah. Oh, cool. And it's of them, and they're in, like introducing me for their project. Yeah. So what's kind of cool is I was already planning on doing a documentary anyway, but about just the central tremor yeah. and what I'm dealing with. And so these guys are catching it 
you know, on their budget. Yeah, definitely. Which is which is great. Yeah. And uh, like they're going to come and go with me to the doctor tomorrow. And yeah. uh, so Kickstarted, go check that out. It's really cool. And uh, I decided to do Kickstarted because I did the Today Show, and I thought, man, so many millions of people saw my surgery and seemed to care and everything. I was like, man, if I'm ever going to do, and plus. When I started realizing that the surgery wasn't a magic pill, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought, okay, well, I've got to do a record. I better do it now, and I might as well have a Kickstarter because, in my mind, all these people were interested. Like yeah. people had just seen my story. I was yeah. just on the Today Show. This is going to be easy breezy. Yeah, and so I started one, dude. I stopped it after a week. It was so hard. Yeah. And I was doing it by myself. My girlfriend was trying to help me, and we just, I I was in over my head. It is a full-time job. Yeah. And so a friend of mine, she came on, uh, Leah, and she's my campaign manager. I mean, she's full-time tweeting all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're working all the time around the clock on this thing. And uh, you need a team, for sure. Yeah. And so, um, but I thought, well, if I don't do it now, then I'm never going to do it. And I thought, I thought I could coast on the notoriety of, you know, having been in the news and everything. Yeah. Guess again. Yeah. You know, it's one thing for people to look at something and share it. It's another thing for them to take the time to Light a fire go on it. donate, go put, type in their email and a password and donate. Yeah. Right. Forget it, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean... Just my close friend, my, you know, my friends gave, and I, I made, uh, I think after one week, I made $6,000. We pulled it down. I, I started over. I said, hey, guys, I put out a video. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this again. I'm going to do it better, more prepared. And we got our ducks in a row, and then I came back, and we made 7000 the first day. Nice. As opposed to 6000 after a week yeah. was the first campaign. So right. definitely planning it helped. And, like, you know, had I even planned it out further, I could have got, you know, a, a, a more podcasts like you guys. I could have, mm-hmm. like, we could have planned those out. Yeah. Everybody that I've talked to so far is like, oh, dude, we're, we've got our schedule. We're all booked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, anybody out there planning on doing a, mm-hmm. a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. plan it way ahead of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And get all your PR and all your media, everything already done before you start it. Uh, with the the goal of the Kickstarter is to get that studio album done, um, you mentioned in your video about some of the guests that you're going to have on the album. Absolutely. Um, could you tell us about some of them? Absolutely. Uh, I'm very excited to have a friend of mine, Sean Watkins from Nickel Creek. Yeah. Uh, Nickel Creek, one of my favorite bands. Bluegrass, new, gla- new grass sort of a sound. Um, uh, he's an amazing guitarist. He and his sister, Sarah Watkins, uh, they do a show. Are we still on? Yes, yeah. I just wanted to double check. They do it. He and his, his sister Sarah Watkins, who uh, has great solo albums, uh, they do a show at the Largo called the Watkins Family Hour. Y'all should come go to that sometime. They do it once a month, and you can buy your tickets on online at Largo yeah. uh, dot com or whatever. And uh, he's going to be on the album. I'm really excited about that. Um, we're going to have Tom Brousseau, my favorite singer songwriter. I love Tom Brousseau. Probably you don't you don't know Tom Brousseau, but once you hear him, you will love him, and you'll be like, "Wow, I've never heard this guy before." Yeah, he's like the biggest secret ever. Um, when he sings, he sounds like an old lady from the Grapes of Wrath singing. Like it's crazy. Like 
You just need to. Yeah, I got all his albums. You need to hear him. Yeah, um, definitely. I love him, uh, and and uh, he's going to be on it. Uh, Jesse Thomas is a, a up and coming uh, little singer songwriter, really great. And I'm using her uh, her producer Jim Roach is going to work with me. I, I already met him. I like him. We we had beers together long before he ever knew I played guitar. Yeah. And I just liked him as a person, so he's the one going to be doing my record. And just because I have a comfort level with him, and um, I'm really excited about that. Mary, the actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead, as oh. uh, she's going to come do some backup vocals for me. She's awesome. We were in a my movie, girl. Smashed. We were in Smashed together. Great freaking movie. Thank you. And uh, Man, that she's was an amazing awesome in that. She's really amazing in that. And if, yeah. if for those of y'all don't know who she is, she, uh, if you ever saw what is it, Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim versus the World, yeah. versus the World, she's she's Ramona. Yeah. She's the girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. By the way, go see uh, the same director of that of Smashed, yeah. James Ponsalt. He just directed something called The Spectacular. Now, go. I've been see reading on that, that. one. I've been. Oh, go see it. Yeah, it's so a great coming of age movie. Couldn't I couldn't have been happier with it. Yeah, uh, it was absolutely worth going to see. Definitely. Um, who else is going to be my oh, Jess McCallan <laughs> from Jess McCallan's my buddy, and she's the lead on Mister one of the leads on Mistresses now. She plays Joss. Oh yeah, and um, she's going to come do a little percussion for me, do some tambourine and stuff, and just uh, <laughs> just because I want my friends to be on my exactly, album, you know? yeah. And so we're actually going to do a, a giveaway. We're going to be doing some rewards, including uh, Jess, and nobody knows this yet, but we're going to do. Uh, Skype with you can Skype with she and I will have beer time with you so we'll have drinks oh, nice. so you so you have your drink on your end yeah. and we have our drink on our end and then we we will FaceTime together and we'll have drinks together and and you can talk to Jess about whatever you want to oh that's cool that awesome. and, uh, she's also going to be giving away some uh, scripts from the show signed yeah. and of course you know headshots and things like that yeah. so that's coming up next week and. Uh, by the way, for your listeners, yeah, you I'll were... do a, a, a nice uh, thing since we were talking about Dexter. Yeah. For any of your listeners that want to give at the $25 level or more, because yeah. no matter what they get, they're going to get all the other stuff that's offered. Yeah. But on top of that, if they start at the $25 level, I'll give a uh, I'll give that picture I was talking to you about of me and Michael C. Hall, Dexter. Yeah. Uh, there's just one picture of he and I where my brain's all smashed in because it didn't make it into the cut, so there's no other picture of it yeah. on the planet, just me and him. And I'll sign that as an 8 by 10 and give it to any of your listeners that that uh, give it the $25 level or more. Yeah, and just mention uh, Nowhere California and the information so he'll know that you're one of our listeners. That's right. Mm-hmm. Leah's going to write you and she's going to say, how do you know Brad? And you yeah. just say, hey, Nowhere California, I want the Dexter perk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll do that for the duration of the rest of the campaign. Yeah. And what else? Jeez, we've talked a lot, huh? Yeah, yeah. Let's um, somebody you yeah. I hope you're going to edit the hell out of this. And honestly, man, it's this is gold. So far, man. This is Dude, wonderful stuff. Well, you know what? Put the put the Kickstarter up front. Yes, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I need I need people to give to this now. I guess the next important question would be um, all or nothing. But um, what what will be your next step when the clock strikes one p.m. on the twelfth of September? Well, the campaign's over at. It's over at twelve fifty nine on the East Coast and nine fifty nine AM on the East on here on yeah, the West right, Coast. Right. Which was a mistake. Mm. I meant it to end at the eleventh uh, I mean at eleven o'clock that night. Yeah. Because I didn't want to end it on September eleventh, so I was like, Okay, oh, let's yeah. go one day further 
and let's end it on the 12th, and I'll do it 11, and I can do a big push all day long, yeah. and I forgot to set the time. Oh. And once you do it and you launch it, it's in stone. You cannot change yeah. the, the, the money, the time, or the rewards if somebody's already taken Unless you pull the plug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... It's a really weird time for it to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at not at nine fifty nine. Yeah. You know, when the, when the clock strikes ten. Yeah. I will either be really ecstatic, or I will be really heartbroken. There's, you know, if I if you know I'm being positive and saying I'm going to make my goal the way it's going mm-hmm. right now. When I make my goal. Yeah. Then I think immediately the stress will be oh god now I got to pull this off yeah. right <clears throat> now I got. Now I gotta make good on all these promises, and now I have to follow through. And you know, I have another brain surgery coming. Yeah. You know, what if I, what if I get brain damaged and can't do right. it? Like I got, there's stress involved. Yeah. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, yeah. your 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 concerns will shift. Yeah. Exactly. Is, is what'll happen. Hopefully, it will be that stress exactly. where it's more okay. Now I gotta do this. Like <laughs> the fun stress. Yeah. The, yeah. Fun, the good part. But you know, and there's and you, and you made me think of something. Um, what we're going to do is a stretch goal, and I think your listeners will like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since you guys are fanboys, did you guys ever like Dexter? I mean, <laughs> I'm clearly I've had three beers. <laughs> did you guys ever like Deadwood? Yes. Yes. I no. love Deadwood. Ian, I never... It's my favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, well, Breaking Bad's my favorite show now, but right. this was my favorite show next yeah. to that. Yeah. And I never got to be on Deadwood. I didn't have an agent then, and. Um, I, when I was on Justified, I did a couple episodes on there, and then they invited me to the party, the uh, premiere party, or, you know, where you go to the Dragner's Guild and you see the first episode, and then you yeah. go to a party afterwards, and I got sat beside W.O. Brown and Sean Bridgers from nice. Deadwood, and if anybody doesn't know who that is, uh, W.O. Brown played uh, Dan, the, like, the big henchman at the gym saloon who did all the killing for Al. Yeah. Did whatever he wanted. He fought. He fought the guy in the street. You know, remember that one. And uh, yeah. Uh, and then Sean played Davy, the other guy, the dumb guy with the big beard at the bar. Like I wants the peaches. You know, like yeah. he was the sweet guy. Yeah. And so here I am, sat beside them both, and I'm like, holy crap! That's my dog falling off the bed. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, so anyway. I've become friends with him, and through through Sean, Sean's actually become a really good friend. You okay? What's happening? <laughs> Sean, uh, Sean's become a really good friend of mine, and he's introduced me to so many, so many of the cast of Deadwood. Jim oh, Beaver lives right across the river over yeah. here. I mean, oh, like I got there's so many people that I've been introduced to, and so my idea for a video, is, and I hope I hope everyone will get behind me on this. For my first single, "Drunk Again," and that's the that's the song that you'll hear me playing under the video on the Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, my idea is to go to the Melody Ranch where they filmed Deadwood. Yeah. And I've been there before. I shot a Budweiser commercial there, and um, so I want to I want to shoot this video of me walking like into this. You know, it's going to start like a western, and then I walk into like and there's but 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 it keeps cutting to the inside of the saloon. Yeah. And we start seeing all the characters from Deadwood, as many as we can get in there. Yeah. And I've already got W. O. Brown says he's going to do it. Sean's going to direct it. Nice. Dayton cool. Callie. Do you know who Dayton Callie is? Dayton Callie was, he played um, 
Charlie Utter on Deadwood. Oh yes. And he also is now he's the sheriff. He's the uh, sheriff on Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Son and of- uh, uh, he and by the way, he's an investor in that bar we were just drinking in. Oh nice. Uh, so uh, he's going to be in it. Uh, Jerry Jewell that played the Gimp. You know the and she used to be on Facts of Life. Yeah. Uh, they're they're all confirmed. So the more the more. Uh, this thing picks up steam. I think the more people will get to be a part of it. Yeah. And, hey, my girlfriend's home. Hey. Hi. Say hi, Kelsey. We're in the. We're doing a podcast right now. Oh, hi. <laughs> so Don't what I'm trying to me. say is, we're going to do these stretch goals, and my stretch goal. So my goal is forty-five thousand, but the stretch goal is for fifteen thousand more than that, so that I can. And that's conservative but that's so I can pull off this video of me going into like a sort of a a situation where I'm going to go play in this talent show in this in this bar yeah. where all our favorite characters are there. We're not going to say it's Deadwood, yeah. but it's implied. You don't want to play the residuals on that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's going to be all everybody's favorite characters. Yeah, Deadwood fans are going to be swarming. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, so then it's just going to be about me playing my song in this setting and it would be a dream come true because oh, yeah. it'll be the closest uh-huh. I ever got to be on Deadwood. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And, but I think that all the Deadwood fans would absolutely love that because they're still pissed that it went off the air eight years ago. Oh, yeah. And I'm still pissed. And so I think any opportunity to have a little class reunion oh, would yeah. be amazing. So if we can pull that off, um, that would be awesome. I worked with, um, I've you know, I've worked with Timothy Oliphant. I've yeah. worked with um, John Hawks on a short film last year. And so all the people that I can get involved in this, you know, schedules permitting, will yeah. be amazing. So once I get to that stretch goal. Meaning, once I go past $45,000, and if we've got any time left, you keep giving money because that's when the stretch goal starts, and then I can start giving away things like, hey, do you want to be an extra in this video? You yeah. want to come sit there with all the all your favorite guys? Yeah, from well, then from you Miller, yeah. pay this much. Yeah. And like that's why I can start giving away, hey, do you want to cast a photo? Do you want something from the set? Do you want, you know, that, that's when stuff can get fun. Yeah. yeah. But I got to get to the forty-five thousand to make my album before I can get to see. Kickstarter won't let me say anything about that because yeah. it's not related to my album. Yeah. But once I get to the goal, the goal, then I can start giving away rewards based on the next goal. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to get to forty-five thousand now. The sooner the better, and then get to that stretch goal because that will be dream come true. Yeah. For me, icing on the kick. You know, exactly. and you got, I mean, right, like, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Like, who wouldn't want to come I be an extra? Want I'd be there. I mean, you know what I mean? We you could yeah. dress you up and, you know, we're, and we're going to have, you know, it's going to be like a full-on, like, Deadwood. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Leah, my campaign manager, you know, she used to work on Deadwood, and, and uh, you know, she knows the costumer. And, yeah. like, we got all these all these great opportunities in front of us. I just got to get the money. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, anybody out there that's a Deadwood fan and you want to be a part of it, Start spreading the word, yes, and getting it out there. The sooner, the better, because you might have a chance to come be in the video. That's super. I guess the next uh, step to go into is uh, the um, the recent issues with your health. Can you explain what an sure. essential trimmer is? Absolutely. So uh, for seven years now, I've had uh, something called essential trimmer, benign essential trimmer, which is. Um, in the family of movement disorders, there's Parkinson's, which everyone knows about because Michael mm-hmm. J. Fox. Yeah, yeah. And then there's dystonia, which is awful, an awful movement disorder where people's muscles just contort 
Mm. Uh, look up Dystonia. You, yeah. won't, you won't believe uh, what people have to deal with. And then there's the central tremor uh, where uh, you shake. And so when you see an old person shaking and we go, oh, that person's just old, they shake. Yeah. No, because we all know old people that don't shake. Mm-hmm. You know, what it I is, shake. is a central tremor is an involuntary movement of uh, basically this. And I'm doing it for them now. And it... Mm-hmm. And it uh, it can it can be very slight your whole life. Maybe yeah. your hands just shake a little bit like you had too much coffee. Mm-hmm. Or it may do like mine has done and progress into something that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. That, and it's because it's a progressive disease. Nobody knows from person to person how far it's going to progress. Yeah. Right. So, lucky me, here I am, you know, uh, seven years ago in this very apartment. Like, I'm playing with a cat laser and I'm like, wow, this looks... Shakier than my girlfriend said. You know, this your hand looks so shaky. Yeah. Like the laser was shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, it does. And and the thing is, is I'm a I have a fine art degree. I've sculpted. Mm-hmm. I've done bronze. I do. I do. You know, in my life, I've bragged about having the hands of a surgeon. I mean, like this is bronze that I've done. Um, oh my god! Uh, you know, I wish you. I wish the listeners could see this. This is incredible stuff. You no. take, are you going to take it? Okay. Okay, Josh is taking some pictures of it. This is... Yeah, you're welcome to take pictures. Thank uh, you. This is... You know... This um, is beautiful work. Like, yeah. I don't have any of those pieces here, but, like, this is a piece. Like, these are bronze, you know, that I did, oh. and this is a... Uh, um, no, oh. Well, yeah, take a picture of the one that's... Um, yeah, let me hand. turn that off. There you go. Like this one's not like those figures are very like that shit looks like it should be in a tool video. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Like and this it. one's more uh, whimsical, but um, like you know, I was a painter and I, I've always been an artist, right? And I know my hands very well. And to and and, and in 1988, I started playing guitar, and I'm not bad. Mm-hmm. And I've you know, I've never been bad. I played in bands. I've played in acoustic duos and my plan was always to be a musician and make a record and all that stuff. I either wanted to be on Saturday Night Live or wanted to have a, a be a rock star. Yeah. Secretly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And you, you just it's it's a it's a passion. It, which, it took to yeah. It. And yeah. you can't and I actually when I moved here I said, Well I'm gonna focus on acting. I've been a, a guitarist in these bars forever and that just didn't get me anywhere so I'm gonna just focus on acting, go put music away and eventually I was miserable not playing music. I was like, oh, this is something I have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, so, I mean, you guys should look in my bedroom in a minute. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's guitars everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just love playing guitar. And so, and I got really good at it. I used to play banjo. I used to play uh, a little mandolin. I played flamenco, played classical. And... To watch your hands just sort of just go down the shitter is really painful. Yeah. And it's really foreign to somebody like me, like at my age. You know, this started when I was, I think, 33. Yeah. And, you know, like, what is this? I draw. I, like, now, like, for me to, I mean, forget it. For me to sculpt those things I just showed you, like, forget Mm -hmm. it. It's over. Yeah. And uh, Catherine Hepburn. You know, yeah. Older listeners will remember Catherine Hepburn from mm-hmm. On Golden Pond, and she was, you know, amazing actress from her day. And when she got older, she sounded like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's because she had a central tremor. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, comedians used to do impressions of her. Yeah, um, Dana Carvey was a, was a big yeah. impersonation and, of her. Uh, yeah. And Martin Short. Right, right. And, they would, right. and they would do her, and then that's what she had because it gets in your vocal cords, oh. yeah. gets in your, it can be in your head, so yeah. you can't control your head. Right. And basically it's called an intention tremor, which means when I'm at rest, it doesn't tremor. Yeah. Whereas Parkinson's tremors whenever. Whenever. Yeah. Uh, this one only goes, so, you know, I get by by going limp. Like yeah. this, and not in, and not initiating my. But as soon as I initiate the muscles, they forget. It. Fires in. So playing a soft song for me at this point is impossible. Like yeah. I, I have songs I've written, you know, that I can't play. I I can't play my own songs. Yeah, and that's just like uh, I might as well. You might as well kill me. I yeah. feel like dying. It's, it's torture. Every day I feel like dying a little bit. And yeah. that I don't mean that in a depressing, depressing way. I'm no. just like, God damn, really? Today? You again? can't do your luck. You the, can't. The very first thing I wake up in the morning is I go, how bad is it today? Yeah. And uh, because it's not like I can just not think about it because when are you not using your hands? Right. Exactly. And who's not using their hands? Everybody, whether you're an artist or a guitarist, Anything Everybody, you know? You take them for granted. My dentist yeah. is like, I can't imagine this would put me out of business. You know, yeah. uh, a hairdresser, uh, anybody, whatever. Yeah. You, we all need our hands. It's yeah. easy to take for granted. It's it, it, I did, yeah. and I always thought, oh, I'm going to get back to art. I'm going to do mm-hmm. all this. Uh, like if you watch my video, you guys will post my videos. There's some of my paintings in there, and that's from yeah. years years ago. Because I thought, well, I'll do more. Pa- I'm good at this. I'll do it when I'm older. Yeah. When I don't have shit to do. Right. And from I always, the paintings I've seen on that video, is just like, I love those paintings. Yeah, those are 20 years old. Yeah. Because I always meant to do more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I got I got a career I'm working on here. I'm going to do more art. I'll do right. that when I'm older. Yeah. And then it's just something that you take for granted. I thought, oh, I'll always be able to do that. And then one day you can't do it. Yeah. And for me not to be able to play guitar is absolutely, it's been real torture. And I hide it. I've hidden it in my acting career so far because what am I going to do? You you know, I have going. to hide it. You have to keep going. And, you know, there's times, like, I was on house when I have to catch the, you know, he throws me the medicine and I'm, I have to hold it. And, you know, the, the camera gets a close-up on your hand. And, you know, it's stressful. I have to go really stiff yeah. and just be like, you know, but it's really, it looks really unnatural. If you watch my episode of Longmire, yeah. and you'll see, like, when I have my finger fold about like this, it, it engages the tremor. You'll you'll see it looks really tight when I'm like holding the mirror, yeah, and I'm like holding my beer and I'm backing my hand away. It's because I'm trying. I gotta you keep, keep it, it stiff. stiff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Park uh, uh, Parkinson's has Michael J. Fox. Yeah, the central tremor has nobody saying, "Hey, this exists." And guess what? It's the most common movement disorder in the world. Right. Way more prevalent than Parkinson's. Oh yeah. Way more prevalent than anything, and people don't know what they have, and so. Yeah, how long did it take for the exact diagnosis? Because like you told us before, you thought it was Lyme disease. From, from uh, let's see, Lyme disease we thought from 07 to 11, I thought I had Lyme disease. Yeah. And then we just, um, my doctor, Dr. Hutchman, he lives in this building right behind me. He, I happened to go to his office. I didn't know he lives right here, but you yeah. know, I went to his office and he was like, oh yeah, that's a central tremor. I went to a movement disorder specialist, yeah. a neurologist. No one ever told me and all the people that I, I, went, I used to just go to neurologists. <clears throat> well, guess what? There's a difference. Yeah. There's neurologists and then there's movement disorder specialists who actually know what they're talking about. So neurologists, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they don't know what they're talking about, but this guy knew immediately when he saw me. He's like, oh yeah, this Classic essential yeah. tremor. He's like, does it subside when you drink alcohol? I'm like, yeah. 
it doesn't go away, but if I drink, like if I were to drink wine, yeah. it definitely it relaxes, calms down. it down. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't play guitar then because I'm drunk. Yeah, right. It doesn't get no, thera- to you. <laughs> it doesn't get therapeutic until the drunk level, yeah. which is worthless for guitar. Yeah. Right. And the last show I played was over a year ago live. I yeah. love playing live, dude. I've played live for years. Uh, last show I played, I drank wine to help me get through it, and then I got too drunk to, you know, play effectively. Mm. And I was a little too drunk to. I, there's no line like there's no you don't know when that drunk moment's gonna happen right when yeah. you're I started trying to do I started mixing stand up in with my you know night of music we got like old people out there waiting to hear nice music and I'm up there telling dirty jokes totally doesn't mix yeah you know yeah. and so uh, mm-hmm. not an answer yeah and so uh, anyway I went through all the medications and none of them were effective and very mood altering and so um, then I qualified for deep brain stimulation yeah DBS it's called and if you google it especially if you YouTube it you'll find all kind of videos where that's where hospitals show hey here's DB, here's a guy with a central tremor and now here he is at, and here's their surgery and now look at him now and it's like oh he's, his tremor's gone yeah. Well, what, but what they leave out is the middle part. You don't yeah. know when that last video was taken. Yeah. So they make it look like, oh, this is right after the uh, surgery. Day. And so what I've learned is there's a whole lot of trial and error, and there's a whole lot of programming, and there's a whole lot of bullshit that comes in between that first video and that last video. Yeah. And right now, where I'm at is right in the middle of it. Yeah. And uh, I went and had... So I went and had the surgery. I've been I planned it for a year, and with the with, uh, with you know, and they tell you you know we can't promise you more than sixty percent recovery of your control. But I was like, hell, I'll take it. Yeah, you know, whatever mm-hmm. I can take at this point. Because it used to be I would I, I used to want all the control, but now you'll you start selling. You're like, yeah, fifty percent. Yeah, give me it. Yeah. If I as long as if I can if if I could just have fifty percent back, I could play a song. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can work around that. You I could work around mm-hmm. it, and uh, you know I can get my album done, and you know now what happens is you start going, oh shit, I'm mortal, and I don't last forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my body is deteriorating a lot sooner than I thought it was gonna. And I have stuff to do. Yeah. And I have not, you know, I've just now got my acting career where I wanted to start going. Exactly. I don't have a family yet. I don't have kids. All the things. You start going, oh, man, how am I going to afford these things if all of a sudden my bread and butter goes away? Already the mm-hmm. tremor's in my voice. Yeah. You can't really hear it yet, but I can. I, when I sing, there's a fluctuation. Yeah. And um, in my tongue, it's in my face. And it's in my legs, and I'm like, okay, it just started this past year in my left hand. So I used to, you, you start, I took solace in, well, I still have my left hand, I can still fret guitar. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. never say, you know what, I've learned, the, the damnest thing I've learned, the most important thing I've learned is it can always be worse. Yeah, exactly. And it sure can because as soon as you say, well, this is as terrible as it can get, guess what, something else will follow that and with this you know my left hand started so I'm like okay I know that I've only got so long to play guitar at all so what am I going to do with that time and 
for me, all I know to do is I've got to make an album of all my songs that I've ever written. I've got to get them recorded now because mm -hmm. this time next year, whether the surgery works or not, I'm fucked because mm -hmm. the left hand's going to fall. This surgery only helped the right hand. Yeah. And it didn't even work. I got to go have another surgery probably next month to try to revise it. Yeah. Because it's not working like they hoped. Y'all already gone on the Today Show, talked about it. Let's back up. Let's talk about how that happened. Yeah, yeah. I I went to go to the surgery. The whole reason we're even talking about this is because yeah. when I went to UCLA, uh, they wrote me, they wrote me an email uh, a couple weeks before, and they said, "Hey, we'd like to film your surgery. You're close to the 500th person we've ever done this on, yeah. and we'd like to." You know, film it as a milestone. Yeah. And I was like, sure. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to have their brain surgery filmed? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm an actor. I like to see everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, put on my reel here. Yeah. I'm <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, sure. And then I'm like, who's ever going to see that? Because yeah. I'm still trying to keep it a secret at that point in my career. Yeah. I haven't told my managers don't know about it, and you know, I'm just hiding it every way that I can. Yeah. And then my, uh, and then I got there to the morning of the surgery, and they said, you know, can we Twitter it? And put it on Vine, and I said, first of all, what's a Vine? Yeah. Right. Second of all, we're still trying to figure it out ourselves. I know now, but uh, that's why I know because I. And so what they did is they, at the same time, they twittered it and they vined it and put it on Twitter, yeah. you know. And um, so they were putting little segments of my surgery. All it was a seven-hour surgery. I was awake through six hours of it. Yeah. And they vined it, and I'm like, who's gonna? I was like, sure, y'all can do that. Who's gonna see it on Twitter? I'm thinking like doctors to see yeah. it. And learning tools UCLA, for right yeah I never knew that people would be interested in it by the end of the day so anyway I, play, I brought my guitar I have, a, I have an amazing guitar built by Kurt Shane it's a uh, only for me there's not another one like it it's made out of a 1930s Winchester shotgun shell box oh and nice that's the guitar I'm playing in the videos it looks yeah. very strange yeah and the visual of that mixed with it being the first live vine brain surgery ever well, it was like the nurse bringing in was like almost like Angel music should be going when they're carrying that thing in. Yeah, I'm like I'm playing my guitar, and and by the way, I, I that guitar was always meant to be. I've had that guitar a while. It was meant to be my showpiece. Yeah, you know, it was meant to be how you remember me. I never knew that it would be unveiled in my brain surgery for the world. Yeah, the end of that day, you know, I'm in I'm in recovery, and by the end of that day, it had been viewed 60 million times. Wow, that day, and then. And then it was in, the, and then it was in the news, like yeah. on the TV news. Yeah. And then, so like the next day, like the next few days, by I think by a couple of days later, it had been viewed six hundred million times. And now it's uncountable because it's on. If you YouTube, if you YouTube, YouTube me or Google me, and especially if you put the word surgery in there with it, yeah. or, or or brain or whatever mm -hmm. in there, like you won't believe the videos that pop up and yeah. like this is and and what the irony is I never thought anybody was going to see it at all oh yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> you just yeah, think hey, some doctors are going to just pass it around to be like oh hey we did right. this I thought it was going to be like if somebody's interested in DBS they'll come and they'll see my video on the UCLA website and yeah. that was fine with me it was on in Hong Kong news it was in Australia news it was in Iran I was on Hezbollah news it went viral Hezbollah. What the hell is that? <laughs> Hezbollah is like super religious, like Iran, like like uh, uh, like 
Al Qaeda watches Hezbollah and is like, uh, like. Uh, <laughs> this, this is the Americans uh, performing experiments on right. the, their citizens. It, it's because my doctor, uh, his heritage is is per is Persian, yeah, Iranian, and and uh, they were interested in it, yeah. And so it was just crazy to me that anybody was even interested in it at all, much less the world. Yeah. And and then they had me on the Today Show, like after my second surgery, where they implanted the box that I showed y'all. Yeah. So I have this. I have, I have a hole in my head, and then down the back of my neck goes this wire, and into my chest like a pacemaker. And I have, uh, I have this control that I hold in my hand. It's like a garage opener, and you. You try to you turn it on or off, and it's supposed to help the tremor. Mine's not working yet. They think it's they think the placement's a little wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During that surgery, I was losing my speech. Yeah, I was lo- you know, and that's my money maker. Oh yeah, I was losing. I mean, I, there were times where I would go, you know, they had me do tongue twisters and stuff like that, and I'd be like, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Yeah, like crazy. And if you think that is not scary. That's the scariest thing I've ever been pulse. through because your 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 skull is oh. is in this halo is what they call the halo. You can't move. Yeah. You got screws in your head, and all you can do is go. Oh, in inside your inside voice, you go. Oh man, I hope they fix this. Yeah. yeah. I sure hope they. <laughs> yeah, they better. <laughs> you know, I hope they get, and they do. But the thing is, is where they're working in the thalamus. Mm-hmm is so close the thalamus is the grand central station of the brain and it's right there where they're messing around is also right beside your speech yeah oh and my so gosh. and that's the so you know he thinks that they went a little too far and they anchored it a little too far and so now we have to go back and try to revise it yeah. they're not convinced I don't have Parkinson's and if it's Parkinson's then that's a whole different part of the brain so either yeah. you know right now is a really touchy time for me because we may go do this surgery again and it not work because right. if yeah. it is Parkinson's, then we're there in the wrong spot. Yeah. And all the tests I've done say, um, hey, you've got really low dopamine. You should already be showing Parkinson's signs by now. So actually, I'm an anomaly. They don't, they've never seen a case like mine. Right. Yeah. So once again, I'm special yeah. <laughs> in the worst Yay. way. And <laughs> because they haven't seen it before. Because they've That's... never seen it, so they don't know how to proceed. I'm like, God damn. Like, if you look if you look online, like you'll see people that it's worked for. Yeah, right. And Eddie Adcock, very famous banjo player, he had it done. You'll, you look him up, and, yeah. and you'll see it. It totally helped him. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I'm still, I'm still working on trying to get that sweet spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully... Uh, Hopefully we'll get there because I got to make this record, man. E- yeah. And even if we do get there, it's just going to help me make the record. But I'm never going to have my hands back the way I want. Yeah, right. And I guess the best way to start uh, to talking about your musical life and everything would be um, when did you first pick up the, the guitar? 1988. Yeah. My dad had a guitar. I picked it up before then, but I actually picked it up seriously. I was in the eighth grade, and I like wanted to play Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And I wanted to play, like, the first song I ever learned was It's Only Love by Brian Adams. And I think Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was yeah. Tina Turner. Yeah. And uh, it's only love. Yeah. Yeah. It's only love. Let's see. Oh, cool. What's this thing, dude? Awesome. Ooh, it's out of tune. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> you get the idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the first song I ever learned. Yeah. I still, uh, you know. Uh, do you consider yourself self-taught? Or? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't tell you a note from, a, you know. I know cor- I know basic chords, names, and what <laughs> some notes are. Yeah. But everything's self-taught. And, uh-huh. I was, and you know, I started into uh, classical and and uh, flamenco, and that was all tablature I was reading. And you know that was stuff like uh, uh, I can't do it anymore. My finger. Shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> you're my hero, sir. That is <laughs> awesome. Well. It, uh, yeah, well, I was much better uh, yeah, before but, the tremor. Hey, but, but that's that's with the tremor. That's uh, put, put, put a guitar in our hands. It'd be like, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, a nice guitar. And you can play as much as you have with you know what's going on. I yeah. mean, you're still getting a good sound out of that. Thanks, man. Yeah. You, you you are. <laughs> it's a uh, it's something that I took for granted, and now I don't. And. Um, <laughs> And uh, I have developed my. It's funny because my style. I mean, I perform hundreds of shows. Who knows how many live shows? And then my style only just. Only just became apparent to me within the time that I've had this tremor. So it's really interesting because it's like I finally figured out. Oh, my voice is this. This yeah. is what I'm good because I, I was. You know, I used to play the electric guitar. I used to play everything, but I'm like, this is my voice. And now I'm losing my hands at the same time. Yeah. Really crazy. And uh, my sound is, you know, we got Mumford and Sons out right now. You got Avett Brothers, uh, so stuff like that that I love. And it's so funny because my the stuff that I write is so similar to that. Like my time is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a part of it. And yeah. it's and that's why I know I have to make this <coughs> album now. <coughs> because what if I can't in a year from now? Right. And so that's why the Kickstarter. Yeah, it's it's do or die time. Right? It's do it's literally do or die time mm-hmm. uh, because I can't. Once this hand goes, we're we're done. And yeah. this hand's already you can see. Yeah, the fingers. A little are the fingers. Are, yeah, and I feel it when I'm playing. Uh, so, but I finger pick, you know. Yeah. And so, um, it literally is do or die time. Yeah. And so for me, like, there's never been anything more important than this Kickstarter to me because, and I would have never done it had I not been on the Today Show. Yeah. And had I not, like, all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden people, like, all of a sudden I'm on the Gibson website mm-hmm. and I'm on the, I'm on MSNBC website and I'm on CNN website and I'm on all these websites but when I was on the Gibson website I was like, we mean I'm on the Gibson guitar website? Like, they got a picture. Like, they got my headshot of me shaving my head. I did. I did some shot. Me and my friend got together and did some shots of me bef- a couple nights before my surgery. I'm like, I gotta shave it anyway. Let's take pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got this picture of me in this suit and I'm shaving my head and it turned out really good. Next yeah, thing I know, it's on. Yeah, cool pictures. Thanks, man. Kevin Pazmino mm-hmm. took those. PazminoPhotography.com. Yeah. Wow. And I had no idea anybody would ever see that. You know the 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 album. You know this picture right here is my album. Gonna be my album cover. This is Kevin took this. Um, this is my shirts for the campaign. Yeah. Um, cool. But this is, you know, we he took this picture and then I, I did all this, you know, all this other crap around and it and, her, and yeah. made it look older and everything. Yeah. But the original picture is his. We did in his house. And uh, this is my grandmother's flower sifter. Yeah. Oh. And that's his wife's hand holding it. But um, 
uh, I have a song that I play with. It's just me singing with the sifter. The sifter keeps the beat. I'll show you right yeah. here. Oh, uh, we love that. that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I I won't sing the whole thing. Uh, um, so it's just a little little taste. Yeah. 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 Like. Uh, I mean, it's gonna sound much better when it's like done professionally. Yeah. But like the when yeah. there's a mic up under it and I can put some reverb on it, like mm-hmm. it actually sounds because it it scrapes right here. So it right. goes. Oh, yeah. You keep a beat. Yeah, and so I sing with that. People love it. I, I did it a couple times live before I ever stopped playing, and oh. people. So that's kind of well. That's like the people that used to play with spoons, right? You know, it's it was wild. You know, to get a really good or, or uh, tearing tearing uh, tearing paper, right? You, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same kind of thing, and uh, that, that, that's awesome. I've had this thing, you know, and it's in pristine condition. This was my this was my grandmama's, and um, uh, I watched her use this thing many times. But you know, she kept it so nice, like the color on it's like it's brand new. Yeah, that, yeah, it's like I mean, this it's thing is from the fucking twenties. Yeah, and it's frozen you know, in time. That's wild. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. We didn't plan it to be my album cover, but I just love that picture. Yeah, it's a good picture. <laughs> and is. for some reason, I brought it with me that night, and we took pictures. And um, it's a, it'd be like a. Hey, mom. Like, it's, that's that's how it'll sound. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll let y'all hear it when the record comes exactly. out. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, we're, we're definitely going to get it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, man. That, that So when you look at the album cover, now you know what that is. <laughs> Thank yeah. you much, man. On the front of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I got these shirts. You know, I'm, I'm giving them all away as, as prizes and just trying to come up with different things I can do in the Kickstarter. And the Kickstarter's going really good. I'm on Today is Week. Today is exactly the halfway point of my campaign, yeah. of my 31-day campaign, and we hit our halfway mark with the money today, yeah. so that was a awesome. yes. huge amount. And then the thing with Kickstarter is if I don't get all the money, yeah. I don't get any of the money. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pressure on, and it's a full-time job. Like, if y'all ever do a Kickstarter... Call me because I'm gonna have some hints for you. Because like plan it before you do it. Yeah. And uh, where'd you grow up? And where did you like go to school and everything? I grew up in Macon, Georgia, which is right in the center of Georgia, called Middle Georgia, because yeah. it's in the middle of Georgia. Nice. <laughs> and it's about an hour and a half below Atlanta. Yeah. So people always ask me, Are you from they hear I'm from Georgia and they go, Oh, Atlanta, and I'm like, You know, Georgia. There's a whole lot of other places besides Atlanta. Yeah. But they're always just like, you're from Atlanta? I'm like, yeah. no. Atlanta's not a state. <laughs> it's just it's about an hour from in there. <laughs> um, I grew, yeah, I grew up there, and I was actually born in Fort Worth, Texas. My dad was going to seminary there, but they're, they're from Georgia. He had just moved there briefly to go to school, and so they had me in Texas, and then when I was one, they moved back to Georgia, and I grew up all my life there. And... Um, I went to college in Valdosta State University uh, around from, from about 94 to... Uh, I lived there until 2003 when I moved out here to L.A., but I went to art school there. Yeah. And uh, got a fi- I got a BFA in fine arts. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Um, with the, your degree in fine arts and everything, uh, what was the first outlet that you had to like expose your creative talents to the world? What, what made you want to... Step in front of the crowds. My dad was a Methodist minister, and ever since I was teeny tiny, you know, I'd always have to like he'd be he'd use me for like 
whatever point you was making, or like I'd have to do a little sketch, yeah, or like there'd be a church musical or a play or whatever, and like he wouldn't think nothing about putting me in something. And like I remember one time, like I'm really little, like I think, oh, there's a picture actually over here. I'll show you when we're done of me in like a top hat (laughs) and uh, tap dance shoes, and I didn't. I had never had tap dance lessons, yeah. but he just like put a board down. And he's like, you just clap these shoes around, and they'll, people will love it. Improv, perform. Yeah. My regards to Broadway. Yeah. And I sang it. Yeah. And I and I tap danced, not knowing what the hell I was doing. So, but you know, the church is just like a bunch of old ladies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, they, they, they dig it. They oh, you're so wonderful. And so I, I immediately thought, well, I'm I'm an I'm an entertainer. The youth is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't. I, I had no idea. I wasn't trained. I just thought, oh, I'm good at everything. <laughs> when you're the preacher's son, by the way, mm-hmm. you can do no wrong. Like you just people just grabbing your cheeks constantly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh it sets you it sets you up for a big sucker punch in the gut when you're older uh, yeah when when you're not known as the preacher's kid anymore yeah, yeah. Right, you're right. like wait aren't i cute any I'm, I'm i'm so cute right yeah <laughs> i guess i could lead into the next question too like going from the religious performance aspect to hollywood what what made you want to make that leap into the world of hollywood uh well i i definitely think that led to it you know just mm-hmm. early on just getting that extra getting that applause yeah, yeah. oh it's like heroin I think it <laughs> oh, was I think it, it was uh, was it Mr. Saturday Night where it was oh. Billy Crystal and, yeah, yeah. And, classic movie and uh, who's his dad uh, oh um, um, was it it wasn't James Conn no, it was the, no. Uh, the Godfather, the Young Godfather. Uh, why can't I? Why am I blanking on the most yeah. famous Robert De Niro? Jesus oh, jeez. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Okay, don't feel bad. That happens to me all the time. Hi, I'm, oh. I'm, a, I'm an actor, and I couldn't remember. Oh, uh, we <laughs> have these points when we're recording where we're like edit point, and we he'll bring up IMDb, <laughs> and I'm like, why the hell did I think of that name? You know? I remember he. I remember uh, he said, uh, you know, why do you care about? having this extra hug from all these strangers like that that's what you care the most about and it's something weird I think about entertainers where you you need mm-hmm. all this love from total strangers oh, yeah. like it's something I don't know what it is in us where you just like you want it's 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 yeah. like uh, your if your family says oh you're great you don't care oh yeah your friends say oh you're great you don't care but, but it's an outsider says outside opinion oh yeah yeah you're like oh yeah I'm it must like, be something good yeah if you if you get the outside opinion obviously you know you're doing something right, right. because you've touched somebody outside of your family which is still how I live my life where and that's that, that's the bar for everything yeah. that I ever do is like oh if somebody I don't know likes it like my yeah. music for instance right yeah that makes me feel good because. I, I feel like I can never trust friends' opinions because they always want to tell you what you want to hear. Exactly, they're biased. Yeah, right. Your your friends and family they're obligated to love you. And that's, right. that's and, kind and of you the, can't trust them. <laughs> no, you can't. Unless it's like like my family, which they they will criticize the shit out of me. Oh yeah. Well, well, some people get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Just jump. Right. Well, and yeah. and even then, yeah. you're like, and how do I, I? You can't take that for gold either because you know. You know that they always criticize you. Oh yeah, exactly. And so you're like, well, that's not a real criticism either, because that's just what y'all do. It, it just right. basically take it with a grain of salt, right? Like with my family when we watch movies and stuff, they have their movies, and like I remember this when like 
Blockbuster existed and everything. Oh, I miss Blockbuster. Uh, <laughs> and we rent movies. What? What's that? What's hey, Blockbuster? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Streaming, huh? <laughs> and I, I grabbed the random movies and they're like, what'd you get? I'm like, I got Splitting Hairs or just something totally random. I'm like, oh, it's a Josh movie. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Marwin Call. That's the one I was telling you all about. Yes, Marwin Call. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you. The, the Marwin call will definitely be a why not in nowhere California in the future. future. Yeah. It's not uh, look, it's not gonna change your life and it's not anything but it's just interesting. Yeah. And I just oh. think it's interesting. I oh, think trust you guys me. will dig it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. definitely, man. Well we're well, that's it's the gonna be in our canon. That's the nature of why not is if if it's at least interesting, we'll take a shot. And somebody because I was telling you all I like documentaries, somebody was just telling me um that there's a good one on HBO right now which I need to look up called um that guy in the thing. Oh yes, I've been watching that one off and on. Like, how catch- is that one? I haven't seen that. It's yet. character actors. It's yeah. like the guys that are you. You see them everywhere. You know who they are. Yeah, but you don't know the names. Right. And it's like Larry Miller. Um, that, that, that guy from that guy that guy see that's the whole point of that show it yeah. was brilliant yeah it is that's and they've been showing those a lot lately like on HBO they show that one and on Showtime they just showed um, Richard Pryor's uh, Myth of Logic mm-hmm. and that one was brilliant that was probably one of my favorite comedic documentaries since Bill Hicks uh, American Okay. If you haven't seen that no, one, no, I haven't. I, mean, I was telling you, I love uh, Mark Maron and, yeah. and oh, yeah. WGF, and yeah. uh, he always talks about Bill Hooks. And yeah. So yeah. That, uh, that's how I knew about Bill Hooks, actually, yeah. was Mark talking about him. Yeah, I I don't remember where I first came across Bill Hooks. I think it was just one like late night, just one insomnia was first kicking in when I was younger, mm-hmm. and one of his specials was on HBO, and I'm just like, right, you just, you've masturbated, now you have to <laughs> wait until. You know, yeah, you gotta have something to do between masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> and HBO doesn't really show the good stuff yet. <laughs> but I saw the special, I was just like, huh. And, and he's that type of comic where it just he kind of burrows in your brain, and it's just like, yeah. Anytime you see Bill Hicks, he's gonna, it's, you're gonna stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's another thing too. Like when uh, we got done, I talked to Steve and everything about getting this interview set up with you and everything. I went to IMDb first. And I looked up your credits, and my jaw dropped because, like, all the stuff you've been on, I'm like, I've watched that, I've watched that. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, at this point, I'm kind of working on a, a career of that guy and that thing. Exactly. Like, and like, which is where I don't want to be. I'd like to be, hey, Brad Carter, but right. so far, I'm kind of like, yeah, I saw him in that thing. And, <laughs> yeah. But you know, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. Exactly. Oh, yeah. and, but um, you've got an incredible range. Uh, he he posted uh, your video from uh, Dexter, and I was blown away because the first uh, one I saw of you, you were, you know, you were yourself as, um, you know, the you Kickstarter were, video. Yeah, the Kickstarter video, yeah. right? And then I saw your role in Dexter. And I'm like, this guy's got incredible rage. I mean, he's just like a real sweet guy. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, um, and then you were playing like <laughs> this guy. You know, your wife, your dead wife, can suck my dick and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, that's that's incredible range. It's, I'm, it's, thank you. I made a decision, a conscious decision. Uh, I moved to LA ten and a half years ago, not having any acting mm-hmm. experience. I didn't know what to do, how to do it. I just knew that I was. I was 29 when I moved here, and I was just like, if you know, if I don't do it now, I was rotting away in my mm. college town. I was playing guitar in bars and just kind of, yeah, yeah, had had given up on acting. I secretly wanted to be an actor, yeah, and never told anybody because I was like, how the hell do you do that? How do right. you get? How do these people on my screen? How did they get there? I don't understand yeah. because everything I was used to was like seeing theater people in 
I shared the, my art buildings shared the same building with the theater people, and they were always like flitting around, like singing, dancey, like singing cats and shit. And yeah, I was just yeah. Like, I if that's what acting is, I don't want to be here. No, yeah, yeah. no, that's that looks stupid. Like, I, <laughs> oh, I give him grief all the time about it. Oh, I, yeah. I love his acting and everything, <laughs> but also too, it's just like I see I've seen him do different roles. I've seen him do musicals. I've seen mm-hmm. him do The Mouse That Roared. Like I've seen him recently do what was the oh it was uh, getting Sarah married getting Sarah married it was a he kissed he had a scene where he kissed a girl and they're like I've never seen him do that in a play <laughs> yeah what the hell <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm out of that loop but then I talked to him about it and everything and it's like we we're just saying like it's heroin it's like you get up on that stage you get that good reaction yeah oh yeah yeah, oh. yeah and I had done a few. Um, you know, I, I'd gotten to, I, I have a very, I'm sorry, my phone's on. Um, oh, sorry. Right. Oh, I, I thought it was mine. I <laughs> had a very, a, a very influential uh, teacher in high school, doctor, or not doctor, I want to call him doctor, John Jones. Oh. Uh, he was my teacher, and uh, he was my drama teacher in the 12th grade, and oh. I'm still, we're still friends, and he was just, you know, teachers do make a difference. I went to yeah. a, I went to a ghetto-ass school mm-hmm. where... Uh, you know, your main, my main focus was just getting through the day of not getting beat up. No, oh, yeah. Not having anything, you know, shitty happen to me. <laughs> right. And, you know, much less learning. And <laughs> he was like this beacon of, like, I already liked to perform. I didn't know how, but he yeah. saw that in me and he... He saw the potential. He would absolutely like, and I was also, you know, by the time I got there, it was in 12th grade and I was really angry about a lot of stuff. I had that, that white guy that white kid angry angst that mm-hmm. you know I'm just usually involves trench coats I, oh well, yeah right <laughs> right I don't have a purpose I don't know where I'm going what's people are talking to me about college and why would I want to go, go to college like college to me felt like why would I want to do four more years of this bullshit like I hate school yeah mm-hmm. and I, no one ever told me that hey you can go to different colleges and you can study whatever you want like yeah. I didn't know that I just thought it meant more math yeah and more languages I can't do stay in your hometown and, and right and yeah. I was just like I don't know what this college thing's about but he really he really saw something in me and he allowed me the greatest thing he did was he allowed me to come in I was you know just an, I had a lot of angst, and he would let me come in, and the first five minutes were Brad Carter's five minutes. Nice. And and so every day I could just come in and just rant on whatever the hell I was mad at that day, and get it out of my system. And then he knew that we could go on with class, however he wanted to. But you know, he would let he he realized that he if he let me do that, then I'd be a much more productive student. Yeah. And God bless him because. Oh, everybody needs that teacher. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of shit teachers there. A right. lot of, and, oh, yeah. and he was, and and now he runs the Macon Little Theater in Macon, and uh, he's turned that thing around, and, and he's a great friend of mine. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. He gave 1250 to my Kickstarter campaign. Oh, that's awesome. He believes yeah. in me, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so everybody needs that teacher. Like, uh, Grable would probably be that for you. Yeah. His drama teacher, uh, Darren Grable. Yeah, he told me to, uh, you know, audition. He says, hey, you want to be in this? I mean, he let me in initially because, you know, I was such a nice kid. Right. And then uh, he gave me one of the greatest compliments I had ever had in my life. He, he walked up to my mom. I mean, he he told, to my, told this to my mother, who told it to me. He goes, yeah, I think uh, Phil is a, a, a better person than he is an actor. And he's an excep- exceptional actor. 
and I'm all, nice. it was just one of the greatest compliments. That's a, that's I, a great compliment. Oh yeah, it, it, and uh, that's that uh, the I, I I feel like I found a kindred spirit here, uh, talking nice. with you. It's pretty uh, nice. pretty awesome. And that's kind of the same thing with uh, Mike Egan, my journalism teacher from high school. Um, yeah, I signed up. I never even signed up for journalism. It was kind of one of those things I didn't really choose an elective correctly. So like, I'll throw him in journalism. And I had this teacher, first couple of minutes, he's calling all like, calling all the class like degenerates and stuff. But in that joking way where you're like, <laughs> okay, this guy's gonna be cool, <laughs> right? And yeah. then like, we start talking a little bit more and more and more. He's talking about how he got hungover like the weekend before, <laughs> and they're just like, huh. But he was one of the like those teachers that just he knew how to just pick that brain to make sure like you you're gonna love this crap, right? <laughs> and that's that's the reason I started writing was him. Yeah, and whenever like that he comes up in conversations, like I always watch those movies, like Dangerous Minds and crap. Like, eh, yeah, they're <laughs> teachers. Oh yeah, yeah. I never think you'd have a teacher like that, but before you know it, you do. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and it makes all the. I mean, because no other teacher got through to me, and I, honestly, a lot of the teachers there were. I mean, this is Georgia, you know, public school system. A yeah. lot of them were. A lot of them had no business. Teaching young minds and yeah. molding young minds, and uh, and Mr. Jones was very much the opposite of that. He was, there, and I don't know how he did it, but he was just in the middle of this shit school. Yeah, and he made the difference, and he was cool. Like everybody thought he was cool. Like you yeah, know, anybody in that school knew that that's the guy, that's the cool guy. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. And he absolutely made a difference in life and and all throughout me just going to art school and you know not deciding to go be an actor or anything like he was always supportive of me and anytime I and we have lunch every year at Christmas you know ever since I got out of high school yeah and we meet and we catch up on the gear and he would always be like you know I, I think you have a lot of potential you could go be an actor you could do you know he was always the one that was so ten, you know, ten years later after mm-hmm. high school, I finally decided to go do it, and he mm-hmm. was right there. He gave me a hundred dollars, and he said, "Well, stay in a stay in a hotel on your drive. Stay in a nice hotel." That's nice, man. And um, mm-hmm. you know, because it was a f- three night or four, you know, three or four night drive for me, and yeah, and I I uh, I did stay in a hotel. Cool. <laughs> I slept in my car all the other nights. It was in January, so it was cold as hell, and but yeah. I did stay in a hotel just because he had given me that hundred dollar bill and. Uh, it's little things like that that build who you are. You know, oh, yeah, people don't know how they're going to affect your life for the for the good. But I mean, I think he knew. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's stupendous. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what? What else? Um, with the projects like we were talking about, like you have the IMDb list of that made my jaw drop. Basically, like I said, <laughs> you had Dexter, CSI New York, True Blood. What what paths do you take to choose your the parts? Oh, well, so, oh, I think that's how I got on the subject a while ago, is I was going to say, you know, when I, because, I mean, I am who I am, and, you know, act, you know, just because you play a bad guy doesn't mean you're a terrible bad guy, a terrible person. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But I, I, uh, I was struggling to figure out how to get into this business, and I was struggling to just, I mean, because there's not like, there's not a manual, maybe there is now, but there wasn't one 10 years ago, and I was just like, I don't know anybody in this town. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm sleeping in a closet. I was literally sleeping in a closet on a blow-up mattress wow. in North Hollywood. Um, and I'm like, you know, I had a girlfriend still in Georgia. I'm like, what am I doing with my life, you know? And I 
started in my acting. I had gone to Groundlings classes. I knew yeah. that there was this thing called Groundlings, yeah. and uh, Phil Hartman had been in it, and that, that's actually uh, why I'm here, actually. Mm-hmm. because Phil I, Yeah, Phil Hartman. I saw uh, Phil Hartman. Uh, he had just been killed by his wife not long before that, yeah. and I saw when this was when I was in Georgia still, yeah. and I was living in my little shitty apartment, and I, I was thinking I'm washed up. I I cannot go be an actor. You got to do that when you're young, yeah. clearly. Right. And I saw Headliners and Legends. It used to come on MSNBC. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's still a channel, but yeah, it is. Um, and I, it was the Phil Hartman story, and they said uh, he had had this whole life about he was a graphic designer and yeah. he was and he owned his own home and he was a successful person in that respect and he went to a Groundling show when he was 27 yeah and he was like hey I like this this looks fun yeah I think I'd like to get involved in this and so as soon as I saw that I was 27 at the time yeah oh and I was sitting there thinking holy shit if, if well if because he was my favorite SNL guy oh, he's my all time favorite and I was like oh if Phil did that when he was 27 well then maybe I can still go do that too uh, every time the anniversary of the death and every thing comes along it's still it's oh, a yeah. gut punch it's a gut punch to me because Hartman well, was the man you should you know what when I moved here and, and, it, and it took me after I moved here with I had $1,200 and went through it like that yeah and then and stuff here was so much higher than it was in Georgia and then I finally, about nine months later, had saved up the 400 and whatever dollars to go to Groundlings. Yeah. That's all I knew. This place called Groundlings, I got to go. Yeah. So I went over there, you know, it's on Melrose, and I went, have you ever gone? Yeah, Melrose, yeah. You too? I've, never, I, I've never been to Oh, you guys, should, you guys should come to town and go to a Groundlings show, because it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, man. you know, they have a lot of alumni, and a lot of times they'll pop into a show, and, yeah. and you never know who you'll see in there. Oh, yeah. But... I walk through that door, and the, you know, over there, there's a plaque over the door that says "Dedicated to the Loving Memory of Phil Hartman." Oh, awesome. And I, I kind of, I cried like, yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm here. Yeah. I've come all this way, and I'm finally here in this, in this place." Yeah. And I proceeded to, for the next two years, suck balls at <laughs> improv. Yeah. At <laughs> I could have been worse. Yeah. And. I eventually got kicked out of their program because I was just not, it wasn't for me, you know. And yeah. I was so good at, I was so used to being good at creative things because I've yeah. been an artist. Yeah. I got an art degree. I, had all, I was always able to just churn stuff out and entertain. And and not to mention, in Georgia, I was playing guitar in bands and, and, yeah. and in duos and, and in bars. And I was very used to entertaining. So I was like, I'll be good at this. Yeah. And funny. Oh my God! I was I was awful. Like the people that do improv well, like they deserve respect because it's just hard. Yeah. yeah. And I, it was very heartbreaking. I got kicked out, and you know because they were like, "You're not Groundlings material. We're trying to make room for other people." And yeah. I was just heartbroken. Uh-huh. I was so heartbroken, and because I'd been trying for two years there. Yeah. And. Super heartbroken, um, but I still have friends from back then. Like it's really interesting. Like when, I think from my second second Growlings class, Nassim Padrad was just a young girl. She was in my class, and now she's a regular on Saturday Night Live. Um, and, oh, Padrad. Uh, Nassim is her name. Oh wow! Yeah, she was in my first, and she's yeah. a skinny little thing. Yeah, and, and now she's know, playing like. Uh, she plays like I, I don't. Know. She does a lot of the characters. Yeah, of it. And, and, and you know a lot of characters. A lot of people just left, so she'll probably be able to blue. Oh yeah, more exactly. Like more people are gone, but I mean she was awesome, and, and she was cut out for that. But she was young. Yeah. And 
like, I remember having a crush on her, just thinking, oh, this girl is so cute. She was, like, oh, 19 or something. Oh, yeah. But she knew always that she was going to do improv. She was going to do, like, she worked at it. And yeah. next thing you know, I look, I'm looking at her, and I'm and I'm like, I think I know that girl. Wow. And it's just weird yeah. to see that. And um, other people that were in my ground this past time, you know, uh, one guy, Richie King, is... He directs always in sunny infinite Philadelphia all the time. Like yeah. he, he's directed like ten of them or more. Uh, it's interesting seeing people that you knew ten years later. Where have they gone? Yeah, exactly. One, one of the girls in my class, she lives right on the street here. She's the one of the producers of Mike and Molly now. Oh wow! <laughs> um, you know, just from yeah. like we were all just stupid people in Groundlings. <laughs> yeah, they've gone on to do some pretty amazing things. So pretty humbling. Yeah. And then it makes you look at yourself and go, well, shit, what have I done? Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so I think no matter who you are and, and where you are in your career, you're always, it's never where you want to be, mm-hmm. and you're always comparing it to, like, this what, I can guess what they've there. done. Yeah. You know, right. oh, Jesus, I haven't done anything. Yeah. Um, you know, even though by some people's standards, well, I've done a lot. Yeah. Like you guys are like, wow, you got a great IMDb. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, to me, I'm like, oh. It should yeah, be more. I, I haven't. I haven't done anything. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's the curse of it, too, is uh, mm. that you're, there's never a satisfaction in it. I remember Christopher Walken talking about that. You know, there's, somebody said, what's the, you know, what's the greatest role you've ever done? Or what was your, and, and he was like, you know, I don't know. I, I'm never happy with anything. I'm just always yeah. going to the next mm-hmm. thing. And, and, um. It's like a striving force. It's, yeah, it's just a job, and you're just always trying to do your best at the next mm-hmm. job. Pushing to like, the next one, the next one, the next one. Yeah, and I I absolutely was like, I I got an agent after living here for a year, Yeah, a commercial agent, and I'm still with them, KSR, and uh, I didn't book anything for the next two years commercial-wise. Like, I, I, like I thought, oh, this is going to be so easy. I got with this agent. Yeah. This is nothing. Uh, a friend had walked my picture in there, and... And they took me right up, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be so You're easy. You're going to need you. Yeah. Like, I never even sent a postcard or did anything, called anybody. Like, I just got this agent. And it uh, turns out they're, like, top three agent in town. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I had no idea how lucky I had just gotten. Oh, yeah. And I I didn't book anything. It's because I had, I had shaved my look all clean, and I had really short hair, spiky hair, and Really, who I am is a guy that usually has a beard or mm-hmm. facial hair or just kind of looks sloppy. And, yeah. and um, but I was trying to be like the clean cut. I, yeah. I, I was looking at like a job resume. Like, yeah. I, I've got to be ready for anything. Yeah. Better so, look clean cut. So you're oh, clean exactly. cut. You, you look your best. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And and that wasn't getting me anywhere. And then I, I just said, screw it, man. I just grew my look back out. And nobody had beards at that time. And so I started booking commercials. Yeah. And my first commercial was a Stanley Tools jousting commercial. I was jousting with a tape measure. I think it's on my reel. If you go into my website and you and you look where it says reels and it says commercial reel, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the Stanley Tools one's still there. That was my first commercial. I was at the end of '05. Yeah, oh. and that I got Taft Hartley into SAG. Yeah, and which means Taft Hartley means you're not. So they have to have so many SAG actors. Like, you can't be a principal unless you're SAG. Yeah. But they can have, if they really, really want you and you're not SAG yet, SAG is the union, Screen Actors yeah. Guild. Oh, yeah. So if you're not SAG yet, they can 
they can hire you and they can pay you one time. They get one time to do it and they can hire you as a non as a non union actor. Yeah. And they say, I'm Taft Hartleying you into this union, meaning we're just sucking you right into yeah. the union because we want you that much. Yeah. And that's how you get into the union. Mm-hmm. Usually. Yeah. There's a couple okay. other ways, but that's like the main way is you yeah. get Taft Hartlet into it and then and and then the next and you get to work non union. You don't have to you don't have to buy your dues into yet. Yeah. Dues were like twelve hundred then. I think they're like something's crazy now, like twenty six hundred dollars. Hundred dollars, yeah. But you know, then the next time you work after that, you have to have paid your dues. Right. Yeah. So that's how I got into SAG, and then um, I just started working after that. And it was because I, I I was the guy with the beard. It was really weird. Yeah. Nobody else had a beard, and that helped me up until Zach Galifianakis blew up with the hangover. Yeah. Oh yeah. When the because he had been around forever with a beard at stand up. Oh yeah. But amazing stand up. When but nobody really knew him, and yeah, when right. the hangover blew up. Yeah. Take a look at every commercial on your TV now, and you'll see one douche with a beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's, all, like, I started going to my auditions, and suddenly every guy had a beard. I'm like, wait a minute, no, that's my thing. Yeah. I'm the beard guy. Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy now. Like, you, it, every commercial you look at now, there's a guy with a beard. But back, but not that long ago, it was, like, not the thing. Everybody was no, clean. Everybody was clean, and so I just went opposite of that, and it, and it helped me start working. And... In my acting classes, uh, I asked my teacher, I said, you know, I really don't think, she was giving me, like, lead material and, like, leading man stuff. And I'm like, look, I don't have anything on a resume. Nobody knows who I am. I think that I want to focus on, like, little co-stars. Yeah. And, and, and little co-stars were, like, the perp or the, you know, the guy that shoots somebody or the guy that, you know, he says a line and dies. Yeah. And so then I was like, I just want to focus on these kind of roles where I can really book them and know them back and forth. So I want to be like the bad guy role. Yeah. Because there's always a bad guy in a show. Oh, yeah. Like on CSI or your procedurals, there's always like yeah. 20 get, uh, co-stars. Oh, yeah. yeah. The like, guy that gets into the guy that gets yeah. into the guy. And I'm like, wait a minute. Or, you know, like, yeah. like, let me be for real here. Am I going to, with nothing on a resume, get a guest star on... Friends, yeah. or which is a tight group, that and when they have guest stars, it's like Sean Penn or something. Yeah, exactly. So, like, am I going to get on there, or do I have a better chance of playing these scumbag roles in these procedurals like Criminal Minds or whatever? Right. Who have a high turnover of, like they have sometimes twenty co-stars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that was my that was my plan. I don't know how I came up with that, but that it it worked for me, <laughs> and it allowed me to start building a resume, and then my. What, uh, my family actually like that's the joke now. They're like, "Oh, what do you what do you die in now?" Yeah, <laughs> like to where it's like a sore spot with me because like right. I died in everything. Like I could make a reel out of dying at this yeah. point. Wow, and I should actually. Yeah, that'd be fun. cool. Oh that'd yeah, cool. Real dying cool. or just ter- terrible things happening. To me. Yeah. Right, right. I've just got that face that bad, people like, want. The stuff real. Yeah, like even even like uh like I'm getting bigger roles. Like now I'm getting bigger roles. I've been really blessed with uh. You know, I've got great management now. I've got great agents, and they're getting me into the the guest star roles and the uh, uh, the top of show roles. And and a lot of times, there's still guys that have something unfortunate happen to them. So yeah. I just I've I've realized that's just my lot in life, and that's yeah. fine. It's a niche I can I can do. And like the, I just did Longmire. Like if you look a couple of episodes ago, it was called what's the episode? It just aired. The episode is called. Um, 
<laughs> you're looking, there you go. Insert it. Uh, yeah. A good death is hard to find. It's gone. Uh, yeah. And I, I remember looking at it today. Episode 12 of this this, this new season, current yeah. season. And I played a guy that his finger, he cut his own finger off. And so he's like, uh, you know, and that's a clue to who he is. is yeah. They're looking for the guy with no finger. But like, I'm always a guy that has had something <laughs> shitty happen yeah. to them. <laughs> and my first, real, my first TV, actual TV role was a Hallmark movie where I got gut shot. I was a cowboy. Like a like a rustler, yeah. and I got gut shot on a Hallmark made-for-TV movie by Kevin Sorbo. Oh, all right. And it was called Avenging Angel, and he, and I had like one line, and he, and then he shot me in the stomach, and that was my first big <laughs> taste of yeah. something that wasn't a commercial. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like I've done like about thirty commercials now, but like you know, th- at that time I had only I had only done just a few commercials, and then I got this TV role, and then. And then from then on, I just died in everything I ever did. <laughs> Speaking of one of the times you've died, and this is going to be kind of my uh, geeky fanboy moment, since people that know me, and when it comes to Dexter... You're uh, going Dexter. I'm not told. We've talked about it before. There's those points in Dexter where we're like, what the fuck are we doing? Right. But also, too, like when it comes to Dexter, like the character, the books, just everything Dexter, I'm a total junkie for. I have a love-hate relationship with Dexter. Yeah, right. oh no. I'm, I'm I there love him, and yeah, I, so many times that show pisses me off. Oh, yeah. But that's holes. from where they go. Loopholes. <laughs> Loopholes. Yeah. To me, that's kind of a sign of a good show, but also, too, it's Dexter. It's Dexter. Yeah. Um, I'm passionate about I, it. I gotta have a geeky fanboy question of, how, how was it being killed by Dexter? <laughs> it was awesome, you know, because I was a fan of that show as well. Yeah. And so when I booked that role, I had auditioned for, like, two weeks before, and normally for TV... Like a TV show like that, usually yeah. you know within a couple of days if you booked it. Mm-hmm. And this was like two weeks had gone by, and yeah. I got a call, so I had totally put, forgotten about it. And yeah. so it was really cool because I love that show, been with it since the start, yeah. and uh, got to go in there. And it, oh, I'll tell you something cool about doing that. Yeah. Um, that was a really cathartic moment for me because I had, when I first moved here, I did extra work. Yeah. And, you know, I was already 29. Yeah. You know, and when you go in and do extra work, like, I, the very first show I was working on was called American Dreams. Oh, the, and, the 1960s show. Right. Where it was about the American, American Bandstand. Bandstand. Yeah. And so I was one of the kids that sat on the bandstand and, and danced and just, you know. And so you're spending, like, 16-hour days on this bleacher with your mm-hmm. ass going to sleep and yeah. <laughs> with all these other people of various ages yeah and a lot of them are extras and extras a lot of times are very questionable you know like you never know if an extra is just like a really cool actor that just needs the job or if an extra is a psychopath who is an extra for a living yeah and you everybody's there but i remember just sitting there and the director yelling boys and girls shut up (laughs) and i was just like motherfucker i am i'm 29 years old yeah. Like, don't yell boys and girls at me. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just sitting here, and but I remember just thinking, oh my God, can my life get any worse right now? Yeah. Like, I was already I was sleeping in a closet in North Hollywood, yeah. missing my girlfriend in Georgia. Mm-hmm. What have I done with my life? And now I'm on this shitty set with these people mm-hmm. that I have nothing in common with, and I was just trying to take in 
I remember the I remember the very first actual job I did. Wayne Brady was the guest of American Dreams. Yeah. And I'm in that audience, and uh, he was like playing some singer. I think and he's playing uh, a very. And you saw that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember an article. Uh, I remember really pointless stuff sometimes. <laughs> Um, there was an Entertainment Weekly article where they're covering like American Man saying, like, oh, these are the people that are going to play oh, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. season. I'm like, Wayne Brady's playing that? Wow. It was so weird for me because it was really, I'll never forget, it was a really rainy day and there's no runoff in this city and yeah. I just moved here and like, you know, the rain's over my tires Yeah. and I was just trying to figure out where I was going in the world and it was just a crazy day and then I got there and Wayne, there's Wayne Brady with his big pompadour and everything. And I was just like, "Whoa, man!" Yeah. Like that was my first hol- It was my first actual Hollywood moment. Was Wayne Brady yeah. on the set of this uh, of this show? And then, but I remember being in there, and we had to dress like '60s, you know. And I remember another scene, and it was sprinkling rain, and we had to go. S- oh, they would move you around like props. That's oh what yeah, sucks. Yeah. They move you mm-hmm. like we were on the dance floor, and they just and the guy would grab me, and he would. He would just shove me over here and oh. move me over here. And, I was like, and finally, I was like, hey, man, I'm a grown man. Just tell me where to go. Yeah. yeah. Tell me. Like, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of guy where I'm like. Just tell me what to do, dude. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm like, not a set piece. I'm know? not one of your little dildos here that you can <laughs> yeah. just tell to, like, treat like a little, like a like a piece of shit. Yeah. And, like, just tell me what you want me to do. Yeah. I can follow directions. I speak English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they just move you around. It was just crazy, and I just I just knew immediately. I was like, "Oh, I gotta get out of this." Yeah. And um, <coughs> I remember, and I worked on that day. I worked on that show a few times, and my whole point is this. Yeah. It was to get back to your. Oh no! Yeah, no worries. My my point is, mm-hmm. we were standing on this corner, on the lot there at. Uh, well, I can't remember which lot it is. They do it on. Um, it was, uh, oh, Gower. I think Gower. Mm-hmm. I was standing over there and on this lot, and this, and, and we're supposed to be outside the American Bandstand to go inside, yeah. you know, and we're standing in the rain. We're just getting yelled at and talked to like we're idiots. Yeah. And um, I just remember hating my life. I was so homesick and everything, and just that, I just, what have I done? What have I done to my, like, how, how could I have moved out here? This was so stupid. And and what was so cool about that is, I believe it was seven years later, almost to the day, yeah, like one or two days from it, I can't remember, but it was exactly seven years later, I was in that exact same spot in my trailer meeting Michael C. Hall, yeah. getting ready to go do my scene with him, and you know, like that's why I was getting my hair done, and we were both... At, we were both in there getting our hair and makeup done, and that was like literally right in that same spot. Oh, that's nice. Where I got totally bitched out as a little, you know, nothing extra. Yeah. And it just like was the best feeling in the world. Like I kind of stood there and took it in. Yeah. And remember, whoa, seven years ago, uh, this was a real different experience for me. That's awesome. That's, that's the best cool. way to make uh, memories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely was a, a memory for me. And Michael yeah. was really nice. Um, and, you know, he was going through, he was still going through his cancer then. Yeah. And, you know, he was having, and he was having to have a hairpiece. And, yeah. And, um, uh, very, very nice, very, made me feel very welcome on set. We talked about, I, I had been a fan of Six Feet Under, and so yeah. we just, you know, talked about that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we rode the van over to the other spot, and, you know, everything's on that lot. They're like, the, yeah. the, the problem with me is, like, everything, now when I watch Dexter, I'm like, oh, that's the, 
cafeteria yeah. in Gower. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't that ain't Miami. Miami. What the hell are you trying to pull here? Uh, <laughs> you see through the facade. Like when I see when I see the uh, when I see the uh, the ba- you know the uh, outside of the precinct. I'm like that's a your that's a bathroom. <laughs> that's all that is. Like I've been in that bathroom, <laughs> but outside it says Miami. Met. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Really cool experience, and and that was all shot in. You know, it looks it looks just like outside. Yeah, and and it looks like you know when you're when I was in that bathroom and everything. That's all on a set. They that top notch set job. Oh yeah. I mean, um, you because you would look at that and think, well, that's really like some sh- little shithole somewhere. Oh yeah. And uh, really cool getting to fight with him and everything. And he he put it. I remember he's got a he's he's got a really big foot. Uh-huh. And I remember he like. We were trying to work out how to do that fight yeah. scene, and he's yeah. like, well, "What if I, you know, do this and I kick you in the chest?" And like, he's, I've got this, like, he kicked me really yeah. hard. I've got oh. this huge, like, footprint, yeah. oh. like, dent in me for like two days of like where he like, oh, wow. <laughs> and it's um, a brutal scene. Yeah, it was yeah. a cool scene. And yeah. what was uh, what was cool, what was ashamed about that? I was telling y'all earlier yeah. when we went to eat is the. Is and I have that picture. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we can we'll we'll put it up uh, during your during your podcast. You listen to podcasts. I guess you won't put it up. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll we can. We'll, we'll can. throw it on we our can. Facebook, okay, our yeah. blogs, and all yeah, that stuff. I'll send you that picture. You can show it, and um, it's of me with my just bludgeoned. You know, you you saw it. Yeah, basically, he flicks his wrist when he's holding that bathroom key. That's basically an anchor. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little anchor. Yeah, a little boat anchor. And honestly, I was talking to a friend about it. Um, just the other day, because we were going back through all the seasons since we're, it's getting close to the end, and we're like, that scene right there, that death is probably the most brutal death of the entire series so far. It really was, and they, and what was uh, ashamed about it was I spent two hours in a makeup chair getting an amazing makeup job put. Yeah. I mean, I had like pieces of egg shell hanging out of my head. Pieces of cauliflower, like they really went all out. Yeah, and they cut it from the scene because oh. it was too brutal. Yeah, for but, showtime. <laughs> yeah, we did a whole. I mean, we did a whole thing where it like did over the shoulder of him just just wailing, just destroying me, like like to the point of like they had the the anchor at one point stuck into my makeup job where he's like pulling my head with the <laughs> with the anchor and uh, they and I went to do ADR for it which means voiceover for yeah. those of y'all at home uh, <laughs> when you have to go in and kind of do voiceover over something maybe maybe the mic got maybe something got messed up or a line wasn't clear and you kind of go in and you do lines over your lines yeah, you're picking them up yeah pick up the and voice. I went in there and I did them and, and that scene wasn't there and I was just heartbroken oh. I was like oh so excited about that. Oh, well, when you were telling us about the scene, I was like, "Why?" <laughs> but I have the picture from it. Oh yeah, and um, <clears throat> that's what I was, that's what I was gonna. I guess at some point we'll offer it to your fans. Yeah, when we get to the Kickstarter, part, yeah, yeah, as, a, yeah, as yeah. an extra incentive. And uh, but yeah, man, I and Michael's a, a really cool guy, and, and I was, you know, he a couple of years later, I had taken some friends to ArcLight movies, and he was incognito in his hat, and then he. <laughs> yeah. uh, he went walking by, and, and, the, and you know my girl, uh, the, the girl that was with me, she was like a huge Dexter fan. Dexter fan. She was like, "Oh my God, it's Michael C. Hall!" And how cool did I feel to be able to go, "Hey, Michael!" And he came over and he talked to us, and just I mean, it it, it made me look like gold. You know? That's awesome! <laughs> oh wow! And uh, he took a picture with them, and so that made their whole trip. They had come from Florida. You know? Oh, wow. that's cool. That- 
Little times like that is just really nice, you know. Yeah, and being able to be able to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's sweet. Yeah, as I kind of just fanboyed out with that question, um, would you consider yourself a fanboy or like I guess the nerd or anything like that? Not to the degree y'all are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, like you guys know names, you guys know like, but I think I definitely was at. Um, I definitely was at a point in my life where, like I told you, I was, I was like huge Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, right. Like so much so that like all I did, because the very the very first movie I ever really saw as a child was Star Wars. Yeah. And I saw it at the movie theater on Riverside Drive in Macon, Georgia. And uh, I think I had only seen two other movies, Jungle Book and Dumbo. And back when you had to go to the movies yeah. to see anything, there was like three stations on TV still. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think, and, and I got you, by the way, I'm kind of sad that kids today have so much access to everything. Yeah. yeah. Because it made it, like, when I was little, there was three stations, and you had to flick the thing all the way around to get to the, you know, or one wires. of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, and we had to have that, and we had that uh, crazy cable thing that, yeah. and, and I remember, uh, you know, if you wanted, like, though, every year the sound of music came on. And every year, Wizard of Oz came on. Yeah. That was the two, like, major things that always... I don't know why, but they always came on, mm-hmm. and, like, that was, like, an event. Yeah. Or at Christmas time, like, if... It's a Wonderful Life. If uh, It's a Wonderful Life came on, or if, like, Charlie Brown Christmas oh, came yeah. on. Right, right, right. Or if um, any of those Christmas shows, Rudolph, whatever. Yeah. Garfield. And, yeah, yeah. and if they came on, you had to be right there with your family in front of the TV, yeah. right then, the right time to yeah. see it. And so it like it brought everybody together, and it was mm-hmm. like an event. And you all watched your TV together. And then when the commercial came, you all ran to take a piss because you have to get back because <laughs> exactly. you're pausing it. Yeah, exactly. what's pause? There's no such yeah. thing. No, yeah. TiVo and all that fun. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's I really, taken a lot of the fun. I think I so. Out of you know watching you know or. Being at an event and being a, being a family event, yeah. that we all can do like game night. Yeah. But like we all get to go, like oh, we're all going to get together and watch uh, this show we love. And then right. you know now there's like a million channels of crap, and you can you pause it or DVR it or whatever you want to. But like back then, it just was like oh, I, I'm sorry, hey friend, I got to be home at eight o'clock because Charlie Brown Christmas. Because, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to miss this. And yeah. it used to be uh, Disney on Sunday nights. Wonderful World of Disney. The Wonderful World of Disney. Right. Yeah. And um, when I was little, when I was very little, you know, my dad was a preacher, so we had church on Sunday nights. Yeah. And I can remember being like, "Fuck, oh, <laughs> just get out of here right now!" And all these old people want to talk to my dad after church, yeah. and, and you know, and just ah, just going out of your mind because you mm-hmm. want to get home to see whatever, you know, chitty chitty bang bang or whatever yeah. was going to come on. But that when night. you got there, it was rewarding. It, it was, was totally hard. rewarding. Go, oh, I'm here. Yeah, I'm I made it. Yay. And I will make you popcorn. And it was yeah. just like a thing. Yeah. And I, there's something lost by that. By We've gotten so technical, technologically advanced that we've, we've disconnected. Lost technologically fun. dependent. Yeah. Right, right. And even when I'm like, you know, I geek out on Game of Thrones. And I geek out on, you know, I, I do geek out. And yeah. I'm, I don't even start me on Breaking Bad. Those are, that's my show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, yeah. but we know that we can just DVR oh, yeah. it. And it's going to be there when I go. I Netflix can watch it. it in three days. Mm-hmm. But, like, back then, can you imagine mm. if you, if Game of Thrones was on and there was no such thing as DVR, can you imagine the mayhem where you'd be like, 
mm. fuck everything. I gotta get home right now uh -huh. because Game of Thrones is on, and I don't give a shit if you're dying and you need mouth to mouth. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. lady. It's only gonna be on this week. It's only gonna be, and that's it. Or I have to wait for the summer. Or I have to wait till reruns. Yeah. Oh, and also back then you had to make a choice. Like if two right. programs run at the right. same exact oh, time, God. you right. had to choose which one are you gonna freaking watch. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something fun about that. There is exactly. Flip a coin. It's a lot of fun. It's, I remember getting the first, my first VCR in 1984. Dad got a VCR. Oh yeah. And it was beta. <laughs> And, like, I sound like this old-ass guy, but, like, I mean, it really wasn't that long ago. No, no. We got uh, 1984 Beta. I was in the fourth grade, and he got a Betamax, and it was just so hilarious because, like, it was instantly, like, mm -hmm. it was instantly worthless. Yeah. Because uh -huh. VHS was the way it was to go. right there. But I guess he got it on sales. I don't know. But, yeah. yeah. And I remember, like, suddenly you could bring movies home. and Yeah. And it was really... Weird, like what? What do we do with it? And, yeah. the, and the selection was really small. Like mm -hmm. um, it was some horror movies. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, like Jaws or something. Yeah, there was like mm -hmm. just a few horror movies, and there wasn't there wasn't even a selection yet. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I can remember how he was just so pissed because he had got Betamax, and then like you go to the store, and there was like never anything in the Betamax section. Like the Betamax section, was, like the size of a closet, and, yeah. and the rest of the store was VHS. Yeah. Oh gosh! Yeah. <laughs> I remember that switch over from VHS to DVD uh, blockbuster, where like we did it for three mornings straight, where they're like, "Okay, we're condensing everything down," and it's just like, "What the fuck do you well, want us to do?" <laughs> well, the people with HD DVD really got pwned. Oh god! Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I still stumble across people like, "Yeah, I own," uh, I forget, it was just some random movie on HD DVD. I'm like, "Sucks to be you, isn't it?" <laughs> Well, dude, what about those people that invested in, like, the Laserdisc? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. The, oh, God. Yeah. Like, that didn't stick around for any time oh, at no. all. But, like, people were getting them. Those things were huge and they were expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a record that... It was yeah. basically a, a, a giant CD. silver record. Yeah. A giant DVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the... F and you flip it. You flip it. <laughs> Midway through the movie, when it gets to the important part, it's going to pause, and you're going to have to flip, flip it. <laughs> oh, did you flip Yes, that? you had to oh. flip them. Oh, I didn't know. I never, oh, yeah. I never had one. So there were some that you had to flip. Oh, Actually, I... there were some that came in, like, three to four discs. Yeah. Oh, that's like, hilarious. Big-ass yes. discs. Big-ass discs. Like, okay, wait a minute. got to watch the other oh, one. Oh, i got to get, get part three now. <laughs> Wow, yeah, we've yeah. come a long way. We man. have. Oh, we have. We have. And now it's all the digital downloads and everything. And, every, mm -hmm. and I work in the electronics department at Target, and everybody's like, so is Blu-ray going on? Like, there's too many of them out there. There's too many DVDs out there right now. Luckily, we're at that point where DVD and Blu-ray, they're not going to go anywhere. That's right. But the digital download thing is going to be a pain in the ass if you're a special features junkie. Right. Because they right. have none, mm -hmm. and that, I'm a total special features junkie. You like the back, uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. I love all that stuff. I love, I love and everything. But stuff. then Netflix does this thing where, like, you'll get a rental copy from them, and then you click on the special features, and it has the whole list. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Click on gag reel, and it goes to a black screen. If you wish to see this special feature, buy it. Oh. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's basically a middle finger going, "You cheap bastard, buy it." Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, I, put that I get so on there. pissed all the time on that one. <laughs> it's hard for me, too, because, you know, I'm in this industry now, and I'm like, you know, people, like, some of my best friends still, you know, bit rate, bit torrent stuff. And, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, hey, by the way, you're stealing from my industry. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. You know, this is, by the way, I could show you, I have residuals. Mm hmm for some stuff that I've done. Like, everybody thinks actors, like, they see them on shows, oh, he must be rich. Yeah. No. Well, they don't take they don't take into account that, yeah, you, you do get 
mm-hmm. you do get paid well when you work for the day and mm-hmm. but they they don't know this that you don't get paid for the first time that airs oh yeah that's included in your day rate right and then they don't and uh, and also that's a set rate like the stars get big money mm-hmm. if yeah. you're just there for the day or you're a guest star or whatever yeah. it's not that much money and then by the way I've been living off my last check forever waiting on this next job to happen yeah. and so it's a very um, check to check ex- experience uh, and all, all the people I, that I lived you know living in Georgia with they think oh I've been in all these shows I must be just you're off Hollywood. a gold platter <laughs> yeah with that solid gold dumps <laughs> with that bit torn stuff too um, family members I won't say out loud Right. Um, they'll drop off movies at my house to, for my family. Like, oh, I, a friend of mine burned this from blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I'm like, I'm not watching that. I refuse to watch any pirated movies mm-hmm. because of that reason. Mm-hmm. I know it's just, I'm just one of those random people, but I believe that. Because there's so many people that are well, like, no. I think you're alone. I, I, I know. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't watch do that stuff well, either. God bless you. I, yeah. I, have, I literally have residual checks in there that are a penny. Yeah. I have a mm-hmm. check. For a penny. Oh, jeez. From like Zeke and Luther, like a Disney show I did, where I did two guest star episodes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will get these residuals, and it's for a penny. I'm like, wait a minute, that didn't even. The the stamp costed 30, 40, whatever, 45 cents. Well, the paper that they print the check on. The paper, the envelope. Yeah. Like all that, and. But yet, yeah, what's inside it is a penny. Yeah, I'm gonna frame one of them. Oh, you should do. They have this bar down the street called Residuals, mm-hmm. and for years, like if you bring in your little crappy residual, like I could bring in that penny residual, and you get a beer for it. And then they they put it on the wall. Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know if they still do that, but they that's they're still called Residuals. Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the the fanboy question and everything. Um, has there been anybody that you've met during your career or just kind of around in Hollywood where you met them, but also you had to tell yourself in your mind, like, okay, i got to maintain, i got to maintain, i got to maintain. I, I don't want to freak out in front of this dude, but fuck. <laughs> well, when I was talking about earlier when I started doing stand-up in 07, is out of all the people I've worked with since, and I've worked with amazing people, Mark Maron was such a huge one for me because I've always been a fan of his comedy since yeah. I was a teenager. Great comic. And he did, like, my about my second or third time doing stand-up at the comedy store in the belly room, which is a little smaller club upstairs. Yeah. He came in and did a set, and my mind was just blown. And he got up and did, you know, and this was a night of little crappy beginner comics. Yeah. And he got up there, and, like, the difference in a seasoned comedian and, you know, the rest of us was yeah. just night and day. Like, it was just... Uh, like, he got up there, and immediately the room was just, like, a calm went over the room. Yeah. And they knew, oh, we're in this guy's hands, and yeah. and, and we trust him. We're in the presence of excellence. We're, yeah, yeah, there's no denying. Yeah. And, you know, he just talked about his cats, and whatever he talked about was just funny. Like, and he wasn't pushing hard. Yeah. And, and it was just uh, magnificent to watch somebody in their element. And I had never... I had seen comedy, but I had never been like a part of the show where I'm like, "Whoa, I'm in the same show as this guy." Oh yeah, and that was such a, a huge moment for me. Another moment was because I love comedy. I mean, I, I play all these. I always play. I wound up playing these bad guys and stuff, but I love comedy. Oh yeah, and we're, we're total was, comedy junkies. I thought I was going to be like my dream was to still try to be on Saturday Night Live or try to yeah. do comedy mm-hmm. and. When when I saw when Jimmy Kimmel was doing test shows, yeah, 
they weren't airing them yet, and I went, and Jeff Ross was on there, and I just shit my pants because I love me some Jeff Ross. Oh, wow. And... General. <laughs> oh, man, and this was before all that, you yeah. know, and, uh... Or right, you know, I, I guess they had, they had just started doing maybe the first roast, at like that the time. Larry one. Very long ago, like like uh, I think. Oh, when like, they used to be the Friars, like folks, the so. Hef, mm-hmm. like when they did Hugh Hefner. Oh yeah, and like there's a, this is a while ago. Yeah, it was over ten years ago. Yeah, and I was just so excited to see Jeffrey Ross. And I remember um, I did stand up one night, and he did stand up too. And this was at the Improv. And I remember being able to talk to him afterwards. I'm like, dude, I love you so much. And he was just really cool. He was like, thanks, man. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I never want to go up and approach people that I haven't worked with, but if yeah. I somehow have either been in a show with them yeah. or worked with them or something, then I'm okay to go up and talk to them. Yeah. And uh, that just fun, that's funny because those are like the two moments that stick out. And, sit, and this was before I actually ever booked anything, and those still are the moments that stick out for me. Yeah. I've worked with... Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson, just this past year. Yeah. By the True way, Detectives, right? By the way, True Detectives is yeah. going to be badass. Yeah. And get HBO because it's a eight, it's an eight episode miniseries. Yeah. And it's going to be badass. Yeah. Awesome. It's set in New Orleans or just in Louisiana. I saw the picture you posted on uh, IMDb, and I was just like, that, just there, the picture there was just like, okay, this is good, good shit right here. Dude, it's written by Nick Pizzolatto, amazing writer, and it's directed by Kerry Fukunawa and the whole series is written and directed by the same guy so that makes yeah. such a difference yeah not just something. people that switch up every episode yeah because when you watch Dexter like from episode to episode it can feel different that's because it's a different director every yeah. time but or and different writers you know there's it's, there's a team of writers writing stuff yeah and it's kind of the showrunner that makes sure that they right, get that it's congruent yeah but this is gonna be so beautiful it's done on 35 millimeter <sighs> And I only got, when I worked, we did both my episodes. I'm on episode one and I'm episode four. Episode four, I'm really excited about. Yeah. I get the hell beat out of me by Woody Harrelson, and we, it was just an amazing day. But we, we did all my scenes in one day, and 17 hours we were on set, yeah. and it was a long work day. And um, those guys couldn't have been sweeter and kinder to me yeah. and uh, McConaughey's very dry yes and very inward and just kind of thinking about what he's got to do next but Woody Harrelson man he he's my new favorite guy he treated me so nice and he gave me so many compliments throughout the day and at first I was like oh this guy's just nice he gives everybody compliments yeah but even at the end of the long day you know when when Nobody has a sense of humor anymore. Yeah. Um, When's this done? That's when we got that. We took that picture at the end of a long ass day. That's why you look at McConaughey. He's like, he can't even smile. He's like, whatever, I'm ready to go home. But, you know, Woody was just absolutely awesome. He beat the hell out of me all day. And I'm I'm handcuffed to the floor. You'll see. And and, uh, I don't know which takes they'll use, but there were a lot of takes where I was just like, go for it, man. Just start, just beat, just beat the shit out of me. And he did. And um, he's twisting my ear, and those are real screams of pain. Because <laughs> I can't wait for y'all to see it. It's method oh, acting. I love it. That's yeah, episode it, four. Wait, when is this going to hit? It starts in January. January. Yeah, oh, okay, definitely. Yeah, it'll be very gritty. I, I got to finally see one. I, I worked all day in every shot, so I didn't get. Yeah. I finally, at the end of the day, got to see what it looked like from behind the camera. Yeah. And dude, beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, beautiful. That's, that's good to hear. Definitely in January. We'll 
We'll be talking about it on Nowhere when we yes, get to well, that point. Yeah, dude. Uh, I just, I really think everybody's going to be happy with that. And and HBO is probably going to start pimping it really soon just because it's high profile. Exactly. Show. They usually do like the whole like they're doing the winter thing right now. Yeah, and they're going to start ramping up into it. Yeah, it, from what it sounds like, it's going to be Emmy bait for them. I hope so. Yeah. Well, if I get to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. What advice would you have for anyone that might have uh, doubts or, like, those second-guessing themselves on, like, their dreams and their goals and everything? Fuck that. <laughs> because there's no time like the present. Remember what I said a while ago about it can always be worse? Yeah. It can absolutely all go away tomorrow. And, I, and I'm not very religious anymore. You know, my parents still are, and everyone, yeah. you know, everyone from where I'm from is, but... There's a lot of soul searching that's coming into my heart with this thing that I'm going through. And if there's one thing I know is that, A, don't waste your time. Yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't give a shit about people who don't care about your dreams. Don't waste your time with them. Don't waste your time, period. Just do. If you got this secret in you, I had a secret in my heart. I wanted to be an actor, and I kept it a secret forever. Like... I was 29 when I came out here. What could I have done if I came when I was 18? If I had skipped stupid college and just done what I wanted to do? Yeah. You know, uh, if I had just declared, I'm going to do this and screw everybody that doesn't, that's not on board with me. Yeah. And, you know, what could I have accomplished by now? I've, I've done really cool things in the past 10 years, but, you know, what if I had come 10 years earlier? Who exactly. knows where I could be by now? And... Never put it off. Like, just go for what you want to do. But you got to do it to the 100%. you got to, like, you can't just say, I want to do this thing and then just kind of half-ass it. Like, you got to do it all the way and be all about that thing. Yeah. And that's why I was like, oh, I don't think I can do stand-up and try to be an actor and a musician. Like, I can't do too many things. Yeah. Like, you really need to pick one thing that you really love and get great at it, then maybe you can add on something else later. You know, Michael Jordan wants to play baseball. Well, go play it. Who cares? You're Michael Jordan. Do what you want. But first got to be great at being Michael Jordan playing basketball. Yeah, exactly. So be great at that thing, and then other opportunities will come. Had I decided to, you know, I was never as good as when I was 18 playing guitar. I mean, you know, 1920, I was amazing. I practiced four hours a day. Like, who could I have been had I said, you know what, I'm going to go be a rock star right now. I'm going to just do it. Instead of half-assing it in bar bands and kind of doing it, but I was going to school and you need a safe job and I need something with insurance. You know, my dad always pounded that into my head. And I know why now that I'm getting older, but back, you know, if you're young and you have a dream, just do it, man. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. And, you know, in 10 years, you never know where you might wake up. You might wake up on on set with Woody Harrelson. If you'd have told me I was going to be on set with Woody Harrelson beating the shit out of me and <laughs> and, and, and sharing his... He's got a guy that full-time makes him his raw vegan things. Yeah. Like smoothies and juices and... And he's sharing his stuff with me all day long. Here, try this, try this. You know, and I'm like, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that was going to be me. You're full of shit. It would be, it, no, I'm, unbelievable. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, mean, I could have told, I could tell you some of the jobs I had. And yeah, I mean, it's laughable. Yeah. What I used to do. Waitering and and uh, Toys R Us we talked about, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, 
and to think, whoa, this is, I just got flown first class to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. I got to just mm -hmm. hang out at Mardi Gras for two days before I even worked. That's awesome. And then go work with McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. What an unbelievable experience. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. And so I think uh, that's, that's the best advice I can give is do it. Declare you're going to do it. Let everybody know you're going to do it. Don't, don't keep secrets. Because the more you put it out there, what you want to do, like I want to make an album, right? I yeah. finally said, hey, everybody, I want to make an album. Look at all these people who are supporting me. Yeah. How, what if I had done that five years ago or right. ten years ago before the tremor was a problem? Yeah. What could I have accomplished? Hey, I really want to do this, guys. Could, are you behind could, me? Could you have cut multiple albums? Who, yeah, I could yeah. be five albums into it now. Yeah. yeah. I could have a Grammy. Who knows? But... I didn't. I kept it a secret, or I kind of, you know, I played guitar, but I just kind of, you know, and so make it known. The more you put it out there that this is what you want to do, that's the opportunity for other people in your life to come forward and say, well, you know, I could help you. I know this guy. Or I didn't know you wanted to do that. Well, let me, you know, let me help you. This girl that lives behind me, she's a beautiful singer songwriter, uh, just writes beautiful songs, has an amazing voice, Lindsay. Um, a friend of her dad said, you know what, I think you have talent, I really believe in you, I want to pay all your bills for a year and you go to L.A. and I'm going to pay for everything you do so that you can concentrate on, on making your record. Yeah. And she's made five amazing songs, I heard them the other day, and they're amazing. And because she, she's got that time, because somebody believed in her, she doesn't have to get a day job right now. She yeah. doesn't have to do anything other than just concentrate on being good at what she's good at. Yeah. You never know who, who might step up and do something cool for you so you gotta you gotta declare what you wanna do and then do it 100% the end that's awesome man um, I guess now to close uh, thank you so much Brad for taking the time out to yes. talk with us and tell us about my pleasure your role and everything um, is there where can we find you online and you give can us find that quick reminder again of uh, the Kickstarter sure it's bradcarter.me that's my personal acting page you can go see all well you can see a lot of the stuff I've ever done not all of it but you're not going to find Kevin Sorbo shooting me in the stomach yeah. right right uh, you'll find some more of the recent stuff on yeah. there uh, uh, bradcarter.me and you can go to uh, facebook.com slash bradcarter fan page please fan page me on there like me on there um, on twitter it's this is Brad Carter. D-I-S-I-Z Brad Carter. <laughs> and last but not least, BradCarterKickstarter.com. And that is the most important one. And anyone listening, please just at least just go watch the video. Share the shit out of it for the next two weeks. And it ends on the morning of September 12th at 9.59 a.m. our time. Uh, and share it as much as you can. And I would really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. And uh, good luck to you guys with everything you're doing. Thank, thank you. you so much, man. And I guess now the official closer before... The official closer we usually do when we have guests of, like, your caliber and everything. We have brought this question to a lot of people. We've oh, yeah. asked it to Sid Hay. We've asked it to Heather Lanningcamp. We've asked it to Satu. We've asked it to your friend Steve, too. What is your favorite what the fuck movie moment? Positive or negative? <laughs> yeah, positive or negative. What's your favorite? What I knew this was coming. Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't thought about it. Um, does it have to be a movie? Does no. it have to be a movie? No, no. Because I'm so stuck on the shows I'm stuck on right now. Oh yeah. yeah. What's your favorite what the fuck TV moment? My my craziest what the fuck TV moment was 
the first season of Game of Thrones when they cut Sean's bean head off. Like, I, I, I was like, well, how did you just kill the main character? How is this possible? And that shocked me. I thought I, I, I didn't. I thought it was a dream, or next season was going to be. I didn't know, yeah. but they damn sure killed the lead character off on that. And then, and then they've done it to me since. Like they've made me drop my jaw a few times. Red where lighting. I go, whoa, whoa! I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Kind when like they the killed wedding. everybody in the in the wedding ceremony uh, the other night, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> that really got. Uh, I wasn't ready for that one either. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, because they, I mean, they're killing off major characters, yeah, major characters, and so that has that's been blowing my mind in a good way. Yeah. And the other thing, the, uh, I remember another time that blew my mind in a good way is Breaking Bad never lets me down, uh, but when he when Walt. Shows up out of nowhere and runs over those two thugs on the street selling drugs. He just kills them. Bam! Yeah. I was like, "Whoa, we've just turned a corner. <laughs> we've just turned to make Walt's an official murderer now." Yeah. Wow. And shows like shows like Dexter and shows like Breaking Bad. I I love them because they make us look at ourselves and go, "Wait a minute, why?" Okay, this is the hero of my show, and this is the reason I watched this show. But who? Yeah. What kind of person am I if now I'm rooting for a murderer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially Dexter. Like, this guy's a killer. Yeah. But he's, he's our hero. It's really weird how they've turned that on its ear. But, like, with Walt, we watched him go from, you know, a teacher yeah. who's just trying to do something for his family before he dies. And, you know, this washed-up poor guy. Yeah. To... Ruthless. To ruthless. Just... And it just gets better and better every time. I can't wait for Sunday. Like, yeah. it's been excruciating waiting on this this final... <laughs> little bit of shows, you know? Yes. And it's not letting me down, but I, I would have to say that, that that was a moment where I was like, whoa. Nice. That, that we, this show just, I already loved the show, but then I knew, like, when that happened, I was like, I got up, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Walt just ran those, like, he just, and then shot on cold blood. I was like, I, I love this show, but now I don't know how I feel about myself because I... <laughs> Cheering for a dude, killing a dude. Because now I'm cheering for a, I'm, a Walt who is, has lost himself. Yeah. And what does that say about me? That I love that. Yeah. And I just, I think it's really interesting how they've done that. Um, that's cool. Uh, that, that's got to be one of the greatest, most well thought answers we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> and I will say that I am very sad I never got on Breaking Bad. I did audition one time. And hey, at least you got the audition. My one of my nemesis. He doesn't know he's my nemesis, but oh. one of my nemesis got the role. Oh. I won't say who he is, right? But um, he's been at it a lot longer than me, and he's booked some things out from under me. Mm. And he definitely got this one, and I was very upset. Oh. But what are you gonna do? Exactly. <laughs> um, you just keep gunning, you know. <laughs> Before we started recording, we mentioned our uh, stupid ass games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Brad. I don't know if it, he want, might want to think this out a little bit more. Has agreed to jump into one of them with us. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to close. Actually, this is the first time we're going to close with a uh, guest like this with one of our games. And we're going to be doing uh, ABC movie titles. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to suck at this. I know it. Uh, just to give the reminder, we always give to everybody um, when they guest on this and we do this game. 
feel free to take your time and crap out of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll cut out any gas. Oh, you'll make me sound smarter than yeah. I am. Okay. I, I make myself sound smarter than this. Okay. <laughs> He's become quite... Oh, that's how you know all the answers. <laughs> that's how he yes. does it, yeah. He goes, hold on, let me get IMDb. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay, so you want to go counterclockwise here? Well, um, yeah, I'll start. I'll start. Um, okay. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Back to the Future. And so I say a C now. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, 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 Christmas Carol. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was great. That's perfect, man. That was great. Down Periscope. Uh, Ernest goes to camp. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll pull out some of them that you're going to be like, what the Fear hell? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, awesome great. Choice. Why do you always get stuck on G? I always do. <laughs> Don um, Fishing. Okay. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Insidious. Jackal. Kindergarten Cop. Leaving Las Vegas. All right. Oh, nice. Well, I had two Las Vegas in a row. Yeah, that was nice. very good. <laughs> yeah. Mean Streets. Naked Gun. On the Waterfront. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Nice. Okay. Uh, Relentless. In in. O P Q. Oh, that was Q. You skipped. I Q. screwed up. Quigley down under. Oh, okay. uh, now I'm R. Oh wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're R. Q R. Yeah. Uh, I don't know my ABCs. I screwed up. <laughs> Is a certain Tarantino movie his first movie? Reservoir Dogs. Thank you. Oh, okay. There you go. We do help each other too. <laughs> yes. Yes. R S. Uh, Saving Silverman. Okay, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know if this is a movie, but I'm just going to say Undercover. It's got to be a movie. Yeah, it is. Undercover? It is a movie. Yeah. Undercover okay. is a movie. Yeah. All right. Awesome. You got it. It, it is. <laughs> you could also use that in variations if you know. <laughs> yeah. V. You're on V? Okay. V for Vendetta. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's your ace in the hole. Um, what women want. You got X. X. What X? Uh-huh. Uh... I, I'm going to say, and you're going to have to give me points on this American History X. Oh, okay. X in it. Well, there you go. One yes. other movie starts with X. You know what? You're right. There's X. one that really pisses them off whenever I bring it up. X. X. Not the Malcolm X. All X. We yeah. always have the same argument. He's we, like, we always get the X. We it's like, no, it's called X. Yeah, he he, he got me on that, and I, I looked it up, and I'm like, all right, you're right. Yep, X, so, you're so, right. Yep, so uh, now you're Y? Y. Yellow Submarine. Zoolander. And, and then it goes back to A. a Christmas Carol. <laughs> it's an A. A Bullworth. Okay, a Cat in the Hat. Oh, a uh, d- uh, Death Wish. Awesome. NTV. A Ferngully. coming to Nowhere, California once again. Immensely thank you, Brad, for letting us come and talk to you, man. And thanks for playing the game. <laughs> you you aced it. Yeah, you did awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. And that was Nowhere, California. See you guys on our next episode. <laughs>